right, Trails Collective World, Ian here with the Trails Collective Live episode. Uh, this will be originally airing on uh, September 15th, uh, and it will be available as a podcast where you find your podcasts afterward. Uh, and big thanks to Ellie Pell uh, for continuing to uh, push these over to the, uh, the podcast world. Uh, thank you in advance for anybody who may be uh, tuning in live with us. Uh, this is broadcasting um, at least live to my personal Facebook page, as well as the Trails Collective's YouTube and uh, Facebook channels. If anybody's tuning in live, uh, it's always great to hear your comments and questions. Uh, and often I can uh, put those through where I feel like we have a segue for them. And it's great to get those. So if you have any uh, questions or comments for any of our guests uh, as we go, uh, for sure, let me know and I'll plug it through. I'm uh, pretty excited for a pretty full episode uh, this week. I think we've got at least a dozen voices in from uh, the region and outside of uh, covering some pretty cool events and efforts. A lot of amazing performances thrown down uh, in our area this past week or two and excited to reconnect with individuals who I already know and several we've had on in uh, prior episodes this year and then some individuals who I do not yet know and looking forward to. Uh, so thanks for tuning in live or after the effect. Um, all right, so what we're going to get into in this episode uh, this evening while it's airing, we'll get a few uh, general plugs for events that we won't have voices in from. Uh, then we'll get into bringing on Scott Treyer. He is going to introduce or plug the McDowell Mountain Frenzy and a pretty cool opportunity for any speedsters out there. Uh, we will get into the Snowshoe World Champions uh, Championship uh, with new world champion Jennifer Britz, as well as Cole Crosby. Uh, we will move into the uh, Virgil Crest Ultras, which I just put on this past weekend. We'll have a number of voices there, and we'll go deep with uh, Virgil Crest. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll get into Magenta Cook uh, up in Maine and have Leslie O'Dell, the women's winner. Uh, and I can't remember, a new course record holder, uh, potentially. Got to look back at my notes as we get into the segue. Uh, we'll turn to Kismet Cliff, one that has been on my bucket list for a number of uh Years now up in New Hampshire, one of the Tom Hooper 603 events, and just looks like a really stunning uh, shorter or mid-distance course. And with the women's winner and lowering uh, lowering the course record, uh, Corey Dow. Uh, Hurricane 100 uh, ran its inaugural year down West Virginia. We will hear from uh, R.D. Matt Young, as well as the men's and women's winners, uh, Alex Miner and Holly Ann, uh, both of Huntington, West Virginia. And then we will close out with the event that I always bludgeon the name of, uh, but it's the, it's it's spelled like uh, Magolan, but it's not pronounced that way. For some reason, I can't hang on to that. Uh, but we'll have uh, Phil Vondra and Yassine and Jamal Daboon on that as well, uh, who were all out there in Arizona this past week. So it's going to be a really full episode. Uh, we'll probably uh, wrap somewhere around uh, 9 or 9.30, uh, give or take, um, but I'm excited to, to catch up. Uh, so... Uh, thanks in advance to you who are tuning in. Thanks to in advance to uh, those who drop some comments or questions. And uh, all right, let's get into it. Uh, all right. Uh, a few of the events that I wasn't able to get some voices in from. Uh, one, actually a plug for uh, the Pauling 24-hour running festival uh, put on by Conquer the World Endurance uh, Racing, uh, Stephen Estramera and his crew. Uh, I appreciate uh, those RDs or individuals who have things going on in the trail world to uh, just reach out and say, hey, we got got this going on and maybe we can get your voice on. Maybe we can just give you a plug. Uh, but for those in the uh, Northeast world uh, looking for an upcoming event, check out the uh, Pauling 24-Hour Running Festival um, and see what you got. 
All right, so some of the other results. Uh, the Tungsas Trail Marathon went down, 5K, 30K, 60K running in Burlington, Connecticut. Uh, it was a fundraiser for the Burlington Land Trust. Makes use of some signature uh, blue uh, trails. Uh, amazing system of the Blue Trail Network in Connecticut. Uh, probably of all the states that I'm aware of, probably the closest access per capita to pretty cool single track of any state that I'm aware of. Um, it's pretty phenomenal uh, given the population density that they have there. Uh, but this is one of them. Um, Justin Kowski, fresh off notching a number of FKTs in a recent trip to Hawaii, which I was noticing and looking at the fastest known times boards, uh, recorded another solid win this round, shaving off nearly 80 minutes off of Lee Schmidt's prior course record for a new mark of 604. Uh, Lee is getting up there in years a bit, but for those of us here on the East Coast are familiar with Lee uh, being a pretty solid uh, runner for a number of years there. Uh, so nice work, Justin. Uh, Daniel Rogas uh, lowered the men's 30K course record to 249, and Sarah Connor, the women's, to 327. Uh, Sarah, it's good to see you uh, run well in the mix there. And an inaugural 5K was also added in the mix with baseline marks set. Uh, the Boulder Field brand, that's Uber Endurance's Boulder Fields, uh, runs in Jim Thorpe, PA, 18-mile, 50K, 100K options in the mix. Uh, congrats to the always solid Justina Wilson. Just doesn't seem to be slowing down in her years. Uh, not only notching the win, but establishing a new course record uh, for the women in 451. Also, congrats to uh, teammate Aaron Stredney coming back off the bench. Uh, it seems like he'd be doing more climbing uh, these uh, these years than running. Uh, he lowered the overall 18-mile course record to 207. You still got it, buddy. And my college roommate, um, I didn't even know you were, you were running, let alone running pretty quick. Um, Gerhardt Gartner. <laughs> Gerhardt's, um, <laughs> you know, call it what we called him, Paul. We didn't use his first name. Gerhardt Stockel, the fourth, if I remember right, buddy, is that what it was? Uh, runner up in 218. Um, it is awesome to see you fit and running well. Good job, man. Uh, Carrie Vinarchik also comes out of the gate to lower the women's 18 mile course record to 227. Um, I reached out to both, but uh, no dice on getting them on. I guess I need to get a little bit cooler yet. Uh, SRT also ran the Sean Gump Ridge Trail as a 70 mile trail traversing the length of the Sean Gump Mountains. Uh, pretty remarkable uh, range, some pretty amazing climbing, uh, the vistas, the high lakes region. Um, pretty incredible. Uh, SRT run follows that exactly, uh, provides no additional markers or course support, which I kind of get. But I think if you're not providing any course markers, you're not providing any really aid station um, stuff, then you're still charging for an event. I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. But in any case, um, decent turnouts there, and uh, congrats to all those. It's a pretty burly course, and um, a pretty cool effort. So good job. All right, so that's what's shaking. Uh, that's what I had time to uh, have on my radar this week. Um, so I am going to weave in to bring in some voices uh, in from the uh, from the collective. Um, Scott, good to see you again, man. Ian, what's up? Dude, thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. And so for those who don't know uh, Scott Traer, um, he is a Massachusetts recently transplanted to Arizona uh with a pretty cool gig out there and you can let us know a little bit more what you're doing out there and, and plug um well the growing and phenomenal entity that you guys all are and a pretty cool what sounds like event with mcdowell mountain i didn't really dig in to uh history whether it's an inaugural or not uh but scott give us the gist of one who you're working for you can plug it because they're a really wonderful uh entity doing pretty cool things and then move into what you got oh Actually, a little further plug on Scott. For those who don't know Scott, 
Um, he's had a pretty solid year of his own, finished second at Black Canyon in February, punched his uh, golden ticket to Western, where he went on to round out the top 10 and uh, return slot there next year, I think, if you so desire. Um, and this event, they're partnering with uh, Solomon for the Rithal Mountain Frenzy. And um, so get into it, Scott. Let us know. Absolutely. What, uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I yeah, work with Aaron Viper running, uh, and I agree they are. They're kind of pushing the limit and the boundaries of the sport and leading the way. So it's an exciting opportunity for me to take this role, uh, doing some race directing. And with that, I think uh, I get to push some ideas in the sport. And one of those ideas is the event we're going to talk about right now. This is a McDowell Mountain Frenzy. It's going to happen December 3rd. This is actually the 13th year of the running. Um, we generally get about 600 to 700 participants in the distances range 5 mile, 10 mile, 25K. 50k 50 mile there's also an accompanying night race five mile 10 mile 25k so even if you don't want to come out to race the 50 mile which we're going to talk about in a minute there's a race for everybody and if you've never ran through the desert at night it is pretty spectacular coyotes howling stars above you perfect weather 50 degrees dry no humidity it's uh so yeah so it's a great event um and the, uh, the idea that we're kind of putting forth this year, the first of its kind type event is for the 50 mile. It's kind of a mm, kind of forgotten distance in our sport. Everyone's going up to the 100 mile. Everyone's, yeah, there's some 50 milers. They used to, I feel like a decade ago, there was a lot more competitive 50 milers. So with that said, this event, we have partnered with Solomon. They are providing a laundry list of prizes and uh, value to this to this uh, race. So to get into that, they are Solomon is going to provide the male and female winner of the 50 mile with 10 pairs of race shoes, one race singlet, athlete discounts, entries into Solomon sponsored events, inclusion in all Solomon athlete communication and activation activation. And Aaron Viper will also be throwing in a six-pack of races for 2023. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the value, right? If you're just looking at the value, it's a couple thousand dollars. But to me, to the competitive athlete that's trying to, trying to get their foot in the door at professional trail running, I mean, I need to invite you out here. This, this opportunity is not, does not exist in our sport. It's simple. You show up, you win, you're in. Your foot's not in the door. You are, you're in the kitchen with one of the biggest trail running teams in the world. Um, so, so for those athletes that are really interested in pursuing that, I think this is a great opportunity to come out um, and just see. Maybe you have a great day. Maybe it's your day. Maybe, maybe you get the sponsorship. And from there, you might have a, a lifelong relationship with, with Solomon. And you don't know how your athletic career will change after this. Um, and with that, I want to say a huge thank you to Solomon. I mean, they are one of the best teams in the world. They're always looking and putting up opportunities for upcoming athletes. If you remember during COVID uh, two years ago, they put on the golden trail segment for a few segments in the across the, the world. And if you, if you got that segment, you got invited to the Azores full boat. You went down there, you've raced the golden trail series. Last year, they put on an, uh, an opportunity for athletes at camp in Moab, and now they're doing this. So 
huge thank you to Solomon for, you know, for just providing these opportunities to the athletes that want, that want to take a shot and are putting in, you know, the time uh, to train and, and to be competitive. Um, yeah. So in closing, thank you for the time here. Um, like I said, there's a distance here for all races. So I'd love to have whoever come out. Um, and if this, this event doesn't work via timeline, know that racing in the desert over winter when it's really cold on the beast coast is pretty great. And I will be directing eight trail events from 5k up to hundred miles that go from, there's eight of them from November till March. Um, beautiful parks within an hour of Phoenix. So I hope to see some beast coasters coming down. Dude, you're coming in hot. I mean, this is your, what you've been with Aravapai, uh, under a year, right? That you've been out there. Yeah, I was shadowing the uh, the race director um, last year, and then I was traveling most of the summer. So I will be directing these events as my first events with them. Um, you know, in the past, I've put on some running camps, so I'm pretty familiar. I've been out to all the courses, ran all the courses, um, have worked yeah, on man, all the so events you are, now. You're diving right in, um, but it's interesting. I hadn't really thought on the... Um... I mean, I hadn't really thought of McDowell Mountain because I didn't really uh, dig in. Uh, but just to your comment on uh, how everything has really shifted, uh, shifted really increasingly long. I mean, it's been it's been like I don't I don't know. It just seems to be the reality and, and what people tend to gravitate toward. And I don't know whether that's because the longer you go, it just draws more like that's just kind of amazing. Like, I don't know how you do that. Like, it's just more inspirational. But it is unfortunate for those athletes or runners who aren't inclined to do the 100 aren't inclined to do the now 200 or whatever it might be cole i see you in that back end in terms of one that's mm -hmm. progressively going uh longer here jake you're on the back end now which you're bringing in for for virgil in terms of getting your feet wet and cut literally or on the, like on the 100 mile but to your point scott yeah i mean being when i was directing cayuga trails for uh, instance for a number of years at the u.s championship we had a big mm -hmm. purse and we got a big draw and it seemed like uh, between whether it have been us on the East Coast or whether it be Lake Sonoma or whether it be the North Face 50, like, yeah, I mean, they're for sure, Western, Wasatch, whatever, like always had this this top tier uh, presence. UTMB was kind of maybe newer in that as well. Uh, but you haven't seen that same attention or focus or uh, sell or money going toward events below sub 100 and it's just a really interesting phenomenon based on participation but that that all the dollars seem to flow in that direction which is really interesting yeah 100 agree and i'm not sure what it is but but i do think again i think this event also doesn't it doesn't really matter where you're from because you're not coming to say a mountain course i can tell you about the course there's about 4500 feet of climbing in the 50 mile if you've ever been out to McDowell or have seen the Javelina 100, we use a lot of those same trails. But then at mile 31, you have a, a brutal climb up Thompson Peak. It's uh, over 1,200 feet in one mile. Some of it is actually, I was up there, some of it is actually paved in concrete. Don't ask me how they held concrete in grade of 28, 30%. It's, it, it's super steep. Um, and yeah, we're used to that on the East Coast with the big boulders, right? Thousand feet per mile. But but for this smoothness, it's it's a unique uh, terrain to be on. Um, but yeah, I mean, weather's perfect. There's no climbing. It's not a super technical race. So I feel like this this is just one of those races that anyone can come out and excel in. 
You're not going to be, weather's not going to be a factor. You can expect 40 degrees in the morning and the race getting up to 60, 65 and sunny. So it's not like you need to be adapted to the desert. You don't need to be adapted to climbing mountains. You just got to be able to come out here and win this thing. That's all it is. And I feel like I just want to get that out there because I know there's a lot of hungry athletes that are right there. They might be winning those regional events or in the top couple. And they're one breakout win away from a, a career changing moment. Um, and I know, like I said, I know there are those athletes hungry out there in this event. It's like I said, first place, one you win, you are in. Um, and all you need to do is put together that one day on race day. So if you think you, you've been putting in the work, this is a great opportunity to give yourself. And right now, I just glanced at the uh, the entrant pool so far. I mean, I, I'm assuming people may sit and wait, see, see who kind of climbs in that mix kind of late in the game. But right now, it really is an open field. I mean, maybe there are just some names I don't recognize, but it's a pretty open field at the moment. It's a wide open field at the moment. We I have had we just announced this on Friday. Um, so we just announced and I'm trying to get the word out there. Um, I, and I do think we're going to see a, a big uptick in some of the competition just through some of the emails I've gotten. But like I said, I mean, it, it takes one, one win. And I think that's, what's really, really exciting about this. Like if you've put in the work, this is the opportunity. You don't need to have 20,000 social media followers to join this professional team. You just need to win this race. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. I mean, my, my vision on this race is, you know, for this to become an annual event that athletes of this caliber are going to target to say, Hey, I remember this McDowell mountain frenzy. I want to train my whole season for this because this is how valuable getting on a professional team would be for me. So that's the vision for the event. Um, yeah. And if anyone has any questions, they can email me Scott at arrowviperrunning.com. I'd be happy to answer any emails and, and, and yeah, I think we're going to see uh, you know, a competitive field. I'm reaching out to all of those athletes that do not have sponsorships for 2023. Uh, and I'm trying to get some of them down here. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate, you know, you letting yeah. me use this, this platform to just to get, to get the word out there. I mean, this is all for the athlete. This is, I can't express that enough. I, I just, I want to provide that opportunity for the athletes that, that are putting in the work and, and want this. Right on. Well, Scott, thanks so much, man. You put in the work on your own. Um, I know that uh, RDing uh, is, whew, man, it's a lot in terms of the drain. And it's tough to continue to run at the level that you're running and about to RD what you're about to RD. So uh, good luck to you in, in juggling that uh, in this year ahead. Thank you very much. All right, man. Talk to you later. See ya. All right. Um, so we are going to weave into the World Snowshoe uh, Championship. Um, I am going to bring through to the thread uh, Jennifer Britz as well as Cole Crosby. Uh, Cole and Jennifer, uh, thanks for taking some of your time out of here this evening. Um, all right, so on uh, September 3rd, the World Snowshoe Championships uh, were contested in, tell me how, how do you pronounce it actually? Oh, Keviahwe? Whew. I wouldn't have gotten anywhere remarkably close that I couldn't, I can't even pronounce Magolan, let alone what you just pronounced. Uh, yeah, that um, in Argentina, um, yep. we have uh, two of the U.S. team contingent here, uh, both based currently in New England uh, on the, um, in, are you uh, Bar Harbor, Jennifer? Is that where you're yep. based? Yep. yep. Acadia National Park. Yeah, right on. And then Cole coming at us from uh, Providence, 
both uh, good to have you on. Um, so Jennifer, well, Cole, man, Cole, as long as I've known you, Cole, you've been kind of an ambassador for uh, snowshoe running. You've just been, I mean, you've just kind of loved it, right? I mean, it's kind of like one of your things. And I think when I was living out in Oregon, I enjoyed snowshoeing up in the mountains. But outside of that, like I've never been interested in just going for a, just a snowshoe run, especially when I can just not have snowshoes and I'll just like go for a run. But like you, my friend, you're always, you were just always like into snowshoeing. And that just conveyed in the one, your performances, but two, just the excitement uh, in being there. Um, so maybe we can get into that here in a second. And then Jennifer, this must be a pretty incredible moment, if not a bit overwhelming for you. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, congrats on the world championship title. Um, but snowshoeing, I feel like it has always been relegated to just kind of this like niche doesn't get a whole lot of maybe attention, uh, relatively speaking, uh, kind of side channel yet when you just Google or whatever, like snowshoe championship, or if you plug in your name right now, I mean, there's like a dozen outlets that have, you know, really just in this past day or two, uh, put out uh, nice articles like on you from, I mean, yeah, there's some local publications. Yes. There's a trail runner. Uh, but then there's like a flipboard. There's a designer woman out of UK, like designer <laughs> woman. Like, what? what is that outlet that's like covering the uh, the snowshoe uh, championship? Um, so both of you can get into it a little bit, but maybe tell us about the, and you can bounce off one another, however you see fit, but the location, the course, the volcano, like kind of simmering in the, the background there um, and the experience. So um, Cole, let's, let's start with, you in terms of because you have and jennifer maybe you've got a ton of experience like with snowshoeing as well it's just my first time uh connecting with you so knowing this has been a couple years right in coming uh kind of the focus then and and cole with you having um i don't know a 200 mile focus earlier in the year kind of what you've done like this is to be able to switch gears and right head into like snowshoeing like this was I mean, that that's changing gears in a hurry yeah Definitely. Um, I mean, I, if it was a hundred mile snowshoe, I'd probably be, uh, doing pretty, doing pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, a 12 K, uh, not too bad, you know, for us, it's, you know, 2 K longer than what we're normally used to in a standard snowshoe race. So, um, I'll take it. I, I enjoyed the longer distance. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this was an event that we were, we were supposed to do, I think, what was it, August 2020? Um, and with it being postponed, um, it's kind of nice to have the opportunity to actually get out there and experience everything. And um, I mean, it was a wild trip. Um, I mean, just logistically, all the plane flights that we had, the bus ride, the bus, we got stranded in the middle of a mountain pass, 18 kilometers away from... Uh, you know, from the village that we're supposed to be at, um, the language barrier. I don't speak great Spanish. I took Cherokee in college and I'm kicking myself for doing that in a way, because I mean, luckily as a group, we were able to kind of, you know, kind of figure fi fudge our way kind of through things. Um, but overall, like the course is incredible. I mean, that village was incredible. The, um, Copahue, like Extremo, like the, the name of the race, like their whole organization was incredible. They did like, they had like drones out there and just, just the, the grand scale of things. One, you're in this environment that's like out of 
like land before time with dinosaurs and stuff, these prehistoric trees and like, it didn't feel real. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, where am I? Like, is this like, am I actually here? Like, what is this place? Cause I mean, yeah, you you're running on top of like literally these big, huge, ro like volcanic rocks. I was thinking of a ultra marathon race called the Transvolcania. And it's like, this is Transvolcania, but with snow, which is like just insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall it was just a totally cool experience and our team did really, really well. Hence, we have a world champion and, um, you know, ton, you know, I mean, our juniors did incredible. And, you know, I'm just really proud of everybody as a whole and collective team. I think we represented really, really well and had a great time. So, and then Jennifer, the, so, and then, uh, when you found yourself stranded, uh, on that mountain pass, 18 kilometers from the event, um, did you get nervous? Not necessarily you were going to miss the race, but because maybe Cole was there and like, if it came down to it, and if you had to start eating one another, like he's a really skinny kid and like, chances are like, that's not going to get you very far. Probably not. We could always have run the last 18. So I think really it would have been cooler to eat Cole. I think <laughs> before you started to run, that's how you get E. Coli, Ian. You got to be careful. Um, so then Jennifer, do you have a, like a, a long history with the sport as well, kind of been in it and on the competitive level? And this is kind of one of your things too. Yeah. So I started probably, I think like 11 years ago, I won an entry to a snowshoe race and, um, doing what? Was, like, How do, what, what was I the, was running a, tra I'm a trail runner too. Uh -huh. So mostly a trail runner. I won an entry to a snowshoe race and I was like, didn't even have a pair of snowshoes. Um, I've hiked before with snowshoes, so I'm like familiar with that, but so someone was like, yeah, just get a pair of these, you know, Dion snowshoes and you can borrow a pair and see how you like it. And I fell in love with it. It was a great way to get off the roads in the winter and get back on the trails and stay on the trails. And um, yeah, since then, um, I've just taken more and more to it. Um, you know, le the learning curve is pretty easy. Like if you're a runner, you can snowshoe run. You're just strapping on a pair of um, running snowshoes, which are a lot smaller than like the big pack carrying ones. And I mean, it's a great sport. I love it. Like I said, it keeps you in the woods. It keeps you off the roads in the winter. It gets you to places like up on top of mountaintops where you can't get to if with just like snow spikes and stuff. So that's kind of, kind of why, where I fell from it. And how about leading in for both of you? Cause I mean, obviously the uh, having the snowshoe championships in August or September, I mean, what's the first time you're touching snowshoes since, I don't know, like February six months ago, if you had right, had like a decent winter. I mean, is there much there or can you pretty much just kind of pick up where you left off and like, we're good. Um, for me, I, like I said, I run Acadia. We have little mountains here. Like their highest peak is only 1500 feet, but it's a lot of like straight up, straight down climbing. Um, I kind of use that as my training. So a lot of just cross island running, which is like straight up the east side, straight down the, the west sides of the mountains here. Um, running in the humidity here, I think actually was beneficial <laughs> with dealing with like snow climbing and stuff. So, I mean, that's how I trained. There, there wasn't really much. I know people, some people were going out on the sand on the beaches and trying to run in dunes, but I don't want to kill my snowshoes. <laughs> you can make that Bob's problem. Bob Dion, <laughs> you need to create me a, a sand, a sand, sand shoe for my, my off-season training or whatever. You need to figure that out. Hmm. And so did you, now you're just like, well, I don't know, like I'm world champion and like, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything in the sand. And so you just be like, 
clearly you don't need to be doing something in the sand. You just, no, you just no, not so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did a lot of, um, kind of like Cole, I was running, um, ultras before, like I had a hundred miler three weeks before the race. Um, that's proper which, buildup. I would imagine. You, <laughs> yeah. You, you want to feel fresh going in. Yeah, you, definitely. I mean, it's a 12 K so it's you know longer than we usually go. <laughs> uh-huh and how how was your fitness how was that i mean i don't even know if they translate how was that hundred um the hundred was it was pretty good it was up in nova scotia so um it was a lot of climbing too so i got the climbing in which translated well to climbing up a volcano and then were you like now i'm i'm not going to do anything for three weeks i'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i get to pretty sit much. here and then i just get to go race yeah actually make the long travel down there i think it was like 30 hours of traveling from my from maine down and uh, then was ready to go when I got down there. <laughs> and then how many um, how many other countries actually turn out or are represented? Ooh. 15 is what we had. Yeah, I think around the 15 or 16. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Some and of the our, European countries like to stay where they where they reside, like Italy and stuff, where we, we had more of that presence in Japan. Um, but it, it fluctuates each and every year. Mm hmm. And how many people were in the, is just one, one race? Or are you guys going to different heats, like a women's race, men's race, or just like everybody combined? Yeah. All yeah. one. Yeah. And that's where it came down to you and that, uh, that Spanish speaking fella, Jennifer coming down <laughs> yes. the stretch where, where you just started crying on him. And we're like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't speak, I don't see Spanish and, and Cole just speaks Cherokee. But if we just start crying to each other, we kind of get it. Yeah. He gave me like the, I think you're number one. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And he was like, you know, come on down, let's run it. Like kind of gave me the motion, like let's run this in together. And it was pretty, pretty awesome to like connect with somebody like not even speaking. I, I speak very little Spanish too. So Cole, I got to say though, that, that's pretty cool that you, you took Cherokee though. I, even though yeah. Spanish may have been more useful, I'm not <laughs> sure about the dialect, but much cooler on the Cherokee angle. You should have just spoken Cherokee anyway. Cause then you, Maybe they would have been confused. They would have been like, here's this usually ignorant, kind of obnoxious American. But like, I don't know what he's speaking. Clearly, it's not American. Well, actually, maybe it's actually more pure American, I should say. True. As opposed to the, uh, this, this England-UK language that, uh, that we're speaking here. True. Um, hmm. And then so, um, and Jennifer, for you, I, I didn't get to read it. What's the, what's the take or the angle for the designer woman UK article? Like, I what, didn't what? even know about that. Dude, how do you not know about that? Huh? Oh gosh. I did not see that. I think, I think people work their entire careers to try to get a, a, a page on designer woman UK. Um, oh my gosh. Literally, you're, I think the first person I've ever interviewed that has actually made the big time like that. I'll have yeah. to look that one up. Yep. This is my first hearing of it. So, uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's pretty outstanding. All right. And then, so, um, where does it go from here? I mean, now, now we're actually getting into winter. You go back to hundred mile training or is there like a U.S. Uh, championship that would be like in February or something like that? That is the uh, next focus for that. Once yeah. We get so U S championships, where's that Cole? Do you know this year? Um, they, they have a site yet. It's, um, can't reveal it yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, can't reveal yet. This is the Trails Collective. Go ahead. And I know. Just put, put that out there. You'll you'll see, you'll see something here shortly on that. Um, yeah. And then we we're still waiting to hear from in terms of a world championship location too. So mm -hmm. um, that that I don't really have a hand hand in, but um, yeah, we'll see on that. And um, 
either way, it's going to be exciting um, and possibly in the Northern Hemisphere. So that might be might be easier for a travel um, for us uh, Northeastern snowshoers. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall, like I'm, what I'm excited about is just this article coming out. It's one of the big, like we haven't, snowshoe really hasn't like been out there. Right. So like, I mean, I've had tons of people just message me in the past couple, like day, whatever past day, just being like, Oh my gosh, snowshoeing and all this stuff. And so like, it's kind of, and especially it being in the summertime, like it's not on people's mind. So it's kind of like, you look at it and you're like, is this a real, like, is this a real thing? Like this, this really happened? Like this doesn't make sense. Um, has that ignorant, uh, American perspective there where it's just, yeah. Like, right. Attention yeah. To your media bubble. But yeah, it's exciting. So, you know, I think, I think we're going to have a good, uh, you know, come, come January. I think it's going to be a really fun, uh, season for us to snowshoe and compete. And, you know, we'll have some different races and competitions and I'm going to go back to doing hundred mile snowshoe challenges. So have a, a race that's out in, uh, kind of in Southern Vermont, New York area, kind of near Albany that I'm going to throw on the snowshoes and see what happens again. So, um, well, maybe if it's not decided yet, if, if you can maybe make the championship in British Columbia, maybe, maybe just make it at Whistler. I think that, that would be a pretty phenomenal location. Maybe you could just make it a point to point from the, from the top of the mountain to the, the bottom at Whistler. <laughs> Then well, I may I might sign up. We did we did talk about some places in Canada, and I've never been over there, but I've heard that it, I mean the pictures look awesome. So you know maybe awesome. maybe in the future, who knows? Yeah, yeah, right on. Well, where does it go from here? What do you guys got in this uh, 2022 season uh, left? I mean, that's uh, you've done some big things, both of you. Then this season, is it time to just chill out for a bit, or what do you both got left? I have some kind of projects I'm I'm doing here not many races signed up for um like I said I ran a hundred miler I ran a hundred k right before that and then had this race and so I'm kind of didn't really sign up for anything for this fall I'll probably do my own projects and then uh get ready for snowshoe when it comes when we get snow up here I think you should create a, a snowshoe training plan by Jennifer Brits and just it's <laughs> this licensed program and it has to do with doing a hundred k on hundred mile first Yes. three weeks later doing the snowshoe championship with, with no sand training whatsoever. And like, that's just what it takes to, takes to win. And then you'll have, you can maybe chalk it up to Cole, who's kind of your, your, your coach in the, in the program, even if he did no coaching, but that he only speaks to you in Cherokee and like oh, that. Gosh. And you don't even know Cherokee, but like, that's just, that's how, that's how the coaching dynamic works. That could totally work. I think it could work too. I think Dion should get behind that. All right. And Cole, what do you got? Um, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm wanting to do one more longer kind of race. So I've looked at the Tesla Hertz, um, which is coming oh, that's up. That's right. Weren't you going to do like 150 or 200 or something like that at Tesla? Yeah. So I'm right. probably going to do the 150 mile option there. Um, mm -hmm. I've been kind of waiting because I did put in my name for that, like uh, the uh, World Trail or whatever mountain running team or whatever for the 80K. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've kind of been waiting cause they're going to pick and stuff. And I would hate to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to run 150 miles, like two weeks before that kind of trip. So, um, I'm just kind of waiting. If I don't get picked fine, that's awesome. I'll run 150 miles in long Island. Um, if not, I'll figure it out, but 
that's kind of what I'm I'm going to be doing. I signed up for that. Um, the it's a free marathon up in Maine, uh, Millinocket. Yes, hmm. definitely so, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just, see you up there. <laughs> yeah, just to do something something fun. I mean, it's a December marathon, and it just like supports um, you know that, that that town. It's pretty far up there in Maine too. It's north of Bangor. 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 That's not the one that's on. That's Bangor. not the one that's on the island, is it? No. no. No, it's, uh, but that's, it's up that's towards Baxter. Yeah, it's up toward okay. Baxter State Park in Katahdin. And it's a road road marathon? It's uh half of it's on a frozen dirt road, and then the other half is on the pavement. So it's a uh, the marathon's a double loop. So good luck. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a pretty uphill, I I heard too. Yeah, yeah. And the north wind can be pretty, pretty tough. Yeah. But definitely a great event, supports the town of Millinocket. And uh yeah, there's a lot of crazy people that I get up there and I mean, I ran it a few years ago, and I think at the wind chill was negative twenty. So, <laughs> I mean, that's right up my alley. Yeah, so you're good for <laughs> snowshoeing, you know. Yep. <laughs> oh, right up your alley. I, that beats, yeah. With Virgil Crest this past weekend, Cole, I intentionally was thinking of you when I got back out the jars of Vaseline to have at uh, aid stations. So, and so, um, I'm not. So when you, when you think of doing your 150 mile effort at this point, do your testicles get a little irritated when you at the thought of no, no, not anymore. I've, not I've anymore. made, I've made, I've, I've recruited some really good, uh, really good support in that department. And so luckily, uh, since I made some changes, I haven't looked back ever since. So it's been good. Well done. Well done. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that you've, you've uh, progressed in that category. You know, I'm wearing the big boy tidy whiteies, you know, that's kind of what you got to do for those who, for those who not in the know, um, Cole was running a great race last year at Virgil Crest. Uh, 100 mile right not the 100k yeah 100 mile before a severe severe case of testicular chafage uh forced him to uh pull from the field it was quite awful actually um and unfortunate but um, he's a new man now new man yeah i am the scars the scars have healed <laughs> yep all right um well uh congrats to both of you uh jennifer for sure congrats on the world champion uh title Hopefully they gave you a big belt that you can wear to work around your waist down here. Uh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Bottles of wine. Lots yeah, of bottles of wine. Champagne. 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 Could, you, could you travel with that? Could you even No, get it back we had here? to drink it all. <laughs> yeah. They should they should give you a big like World Wrestling Federation style belt to wear home. Yeah. I think if you're Cole, if you're if you're working on building uh US and world snowshoe running, that's probably the ticket is having like world wrestling federation style belts. You know, because there's 100 miles of these little, little, little belt buckles. Um, there's some one somewhere back there. But the, um, but dude, world wrestling. All right. Just thought, just thought. Um, but congrats to both we'll of you. See. And I really appreciate you taking a little bit of your uh, time here uh, this evening. Thanks for having us. Yes, totally. thank you. For sure. Go New England, right. go USA. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Um, so let's see. Now we are going to uh, switch gears and bring a number of awesome uh, voices in with us here from uh, Virgil Crest from this past weekend. Um, Blanford coming on with the most excellent uh, screen background. Uh, Caitlin, good to have you there. Um, Caitlin, is this still okay? We're pushing back. Are we going to miss you timing wise? Should I just lead in with you What uh, when we get here? Yeah, I don't have your all, or like, I think you might be muted. Um, 
Did I remember somebody was like, nope, now we lost you all together. All right, come on back in, log in when you got it. I think it was like Caitlin that, oh wait, there you are. There you are. Gotcha. Still don't have your audio. See if you, there's a, um, Um, can you hear me in? I can. Jake, good to have right. you on there too, buddy. Um, Thank Molly, thanks for streaming in from uh, Reno. Yeah. Jared, good to have you, buddy. And then, uh, Thank you. yeah, Caitlin, uh, when you try, oh, there you are. Got it. All right. Do we have your audio, Caitlin? Still no audio. <laughs> I know. Um, do you have headphones in or do you want to take those out and just go yeah, without, without the buds? Still no love. We need a, We need somebody who's back here doing sign. I don't understand sign, but at least that, that should probably be provided. Otherwise, I'm going to get in trouble because um, <laughs> um, and any, all right. Caitlin, when you, you just keep playing with things and just randomly just start talking as we're talking and when we hear you interrupting, one, I'll be like, dude, Caitlin, that, that's pretty rude. Like, we are just talking and you're interrupting. But the other part will be really exciting because suddenly I can hear your voice. Um, can you hear me now? I can hear you. That is phenomenal. So Yay. somebody in this episode um, were on a tight, like they were work schedule and maybe could log in like during a break. Was that not you? It, it was me, but it's all good. I, I can I can stay. So you can just go right, whatever order makes sense. All right. Let me know if, if I need to send a note. Um, or if Molly needs to write the note for your employer or something like that. Yeah. Thank you. Very um, kind. Yes. Well, it is good to have you all on to chat on Virgil Crest for a little bit. Uh, Jake is coming in from Ontario. Uh, Caitlin from Concord, Mass. Uh, Blanford coming in from Roxylvania. Uh, Jared Gabello, Camillus, New York. And Molly Zern from Reno, Nevada. Um, it is wonderful to have you all on. And part of a common theme here. Um, all of you was how inspired I was by the number of you who maintained such positive emotional just states throughout like that whole 36 hours. That was really a common thread that underlied all of you. Uh, Blanford, your game face is, is often uh, on and you're just like running hard. So I can tell you're kind of focused. You're not necessarily kind of all smiles like when you come in i mean you're, you're working uh but like jake dude i i don't know like i don't think i saw you once come in without this giant like well maybe once maybe once around like mile 67 but otherwise always is that like this giant smile on your face like this happy go lucky kid like in a playground like having a good time caitlin same for you not far back when you were um just fending off Bob, the, the builder there uh, with you for the, the number two slot and always just kind of look like that, which is impressive. Jared, I've seen you years in the, the pain cave uh, at this point and in pretty crushed emotional states. And this time you weren't like you were just totally even keel. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, man. Hard, but I'm in a good spot. And we're, we're working through this without any literally without any doubt in your face. And then Molly, Molly, you're freaking fantastic. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like you're like, I I don't dig into uh, entrance in the field. Some I kind of recognize names of, but you coming in from Reno, I don't know who you are. And you're just like, woman. like why? Like she just, she's good. And she just doesn't look fatigued at all. And she's running a hundred K and here she comes again. And, and she looks really stellar. Um, so maybe we can dig in on that, but that was really a common theme that underlied uh, all of you. I'm going to, let's see, let's lead in though with, um, Let's lead in with you, Molly, because Molly, the, 
I think conversation, I don't even know whether it was like mid race or post race in terms of what brought, why was Virgil even on your radar? And then coming in, you had some good reflections on, I mean, you've been to some pretty cool uh, courses. You've been around the, the scene uh, a little bit. Uh, you, I think raced UTMB in the mm-hmm. early years, I believe. Yeah. UTMB second year. Yeah. Second year. Right. Yeah. Where it was a little yeah. bit different scene then where like Topher and them were like kind of building yeah. it. It wasn't nearly yeah. this monstrosity yeah. that it is now. Um, and so why Virgil? And then kind of your takeaway based on other places you've been. Yeah, for sure. It's you, Ian. Um, I, I'd never heard of Virgil. And my husband and I got this crazy idea that we wanted to run up Whiteface, which also I hadn't, didn't know was a thing. So we went out there in June. And there was something about it. It was so cool. Uh, just coming back to the Northeast, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. So come back to low altitude and green grass and so well organized. Um, I've been trying to make my way back. I've been injured for a little bit, so I really wanted to do 100K. Uh, and afterwards, I I just thought, well, what else does Ian do? And I saw Virgil Crescent. It just really appealed to me. I love the idea of loops. I could just, it felt so containable. I knew I'd be coming by myself. So just having one drop bag that I could keep coming back to. Um, and I think what I told you, the real reason though, is I wanted to wear my mud shoes. And you thought that it was a drought, but I actually Uh found quite a bit of mud. I thought it was fantastic. So to be in that soft terrain was fantastic. Yeah. And that, and I guess, uh, Blanford and Jared, you can weigh in on that. Blanford, I don't know. Were you there, Jim, for the really kind of walls of water years? I don't (laughs) remember. Yeah. Um, 2013 or 14. Some of them were crazy. So when you hear Molly saying she, you know, she had to do a Don in the mud shoes for this year. From what yeah. you guys have seen in Virgil, like, it, I mean, it's just like a sea change of like conditions out there. Yeah, this wasn't a mud year. <laughs> ah, well, I got to wear my soft terrain shoes. But yeah, Ian, I think what I told you afterwards, I really loved the the course and the terrain. Um, and yeah, I've kind of been doing this forever. So I've been to some of the bigger races. I, and it was like every 15 minutes you were doing something different. And, you know, we probably all on this call done those, you know, 90 minute, 120 minute, the same exact thing. And when we're racing, I don't really care about a Vista or some mountaintop. So I just really loved being in the woods and I loved the single track and there was so much runnable single track, like that slight downhill. And just, I mean, I was flying, right. I was probably doing 12 minute miles, but I felt like I was flying. So that was Uh super fun. Yeah, which is a pretty cool, I guess, the benefit of trail in terms of the relative relativity uh, of it. As I was um, mowing some of the trail uh, a week, a week or so ago, um, I was just wrapping up one section and I was sitting in the car and I think I was responding to some texts. And then there was just this clearly kind of tourist looking vehicle that turned into pipeline road by pipeline aid station. My first reaction is like, I don't think you want to be making that turn right there because I. (laughs) I don't think this is the way that you want to go. And then it's just some um, kind of hick looking guy like myself sitting behind this wheel doing something on his phone in this back road. And yet the car still kind of drives up near the window down. I'm just like, I, I, I'm pretty sure this person's lost. And then they, they um, asked, I think that they were two individuals that were in, I think they're staying at Hope Lake Lodge for some sort of like gathering or party or something like that. It was a father son. And they were wondering if they could find any trails that led to, like vistas, just like this mountaintop vistas. And I was just like, no, 
there's, there's like not i'm sorry it's like all just like there's not like you can go up greek peak uh but it's pretty much just all wooded trails here and i tried to direct them where one of the places that the, the course went for years was outside of uh tuller hill where you guys did not go this year but you go up this other i don't even know if i call it a vista because you're running on this power line and so your vista you're looking at a power line so i guess it that's a very signature beast coast vista like in, in jim your photo back there like you go to these really nice ski resorts and they're all pristine at the bottom. And maybe you have like Whiteface, you got this gondola in the background and it's just this beautiful vista. Whiteface in your background, you got this kind of like ugly lodge building and you get like kind of partially mowed and you get the outhouses. Like, I'm sorry, that's, that's sorry. Um, but to your point, Molly, I mean, that's, yeah, we don't have those things, but it's still, you can get immersed in it. And I, I, I somewhat feel guilty that you don't have, that I can't bring you, well, let me backtrack. So when I was recreating this course uh, and bringing Virgil back, I wanted, I was thinking of whether I could have you do a point to point and it was coming through beautiful single track outside of Ithaca. Mm -hmm. I was going to get you by some waterfalls, some amazing parks. Then the reality was there's like 110 different private landowners like to make that work. And it just doesn't become feasible uh, in our neck of the woods. There's just not enough like uh, uh, state land to connect it to. And so and then there's other things that have shaped Virgil with changes in the course and uh, mountain bike started. So we can't cross mountain bike lines. Hair scrambles with motorcycles started that chewed up some of the trails that I had even kind of somewhat created. Uh, there's equestrian in other areas, which pot, they, the mud potholes there is just crazy. So it's, it is what it is now. But it's good to hear you, Molly, as an example of somebody that made a trip uh, all the way back east and is good with kind of like that flow and, and in that that course. Yeah. You know, I, Ian, I, I, I was whining to you at one point about the You the were road. not whining. I, I was, I was, I, <laughs> I remember specifically, I said, you didn't tell us about the road and, oh, yes. you know, I'm sorry. right. Yes. Yes. And yes. the yes. second time yes. around, yes. that was, that was my favorite part of the course. It was like the sun was setting and there was like a mountain. I mean, sorry, there was like a, there was a, a, a barn and there was all this like uh, hay that was being cut. It was so beautiful. So Yeah. It you was. As soon, as soon yeah. as you start to remember where those spots are from different vantage points, you can see that road from like different places and it looks like a monster climb and you can see that red barn at the top. And when you're coming back down Carson, you can look out at Greek Peak and you see the ski slopes and suddenly yeah. you have this photogenic pastoral like East Coast image, which is just amazing. Exactly. Um, and the Finger, Finger Lakes Trail used to go down through that farm property but it changed hands and it was rescinded and that's how it ended up on Carson road. Um, but it is what it is. Jake and Caitlin, was this your first hundred? Yeah. Was your first hundred as well. And Jake, uh, as well. And, and, and Jake with your first, like before the race, when you're checking in, you're just like something about like, what's the secret? Like what, um, like how do you do this? Or like what's coming at you or whatever. And clearly you kind of figured it out in the moment, but, Caitlin and Jake, for both of you, why why Virgil for your first hundred? Caitlin, leave with you. Uh, so I thought um, I wanted to do something that was within driving distance. I didn't really want to, you know, opening up a new distance category felt like a pretty big challenge, and so I wanted something that didn't involve a ton of extra logistics, and so there aren't that many hundred milers in the Northeast. Um, I specifically wanted to run one in the late summer, early fall. And I also loved the idea of a loop. 
And I loved running a looped race and had a lot of fun with it. And so all those different categories just check the box. And uh, I signed up, I think, in January. So it's been on my calendar for a long time now. Um, well, that's awesome. And I, I do appreciate I Maybe I'm just getting uh relatively speaking old here and in terms of kind of what i'm choosing to value versus just competition and uh in racing uh but i do really love the social nature of of the loop courses it keeps it tighter you're more connected to your crews you're more connected to your friends you're seeing people out and back if you're somebody like jim or or jake or kate actually you're all um except for you jared who were not a winner you're you're you'll get to you as a back of the packer there but the rest of you are kind of all running for these like wins. And the benefit is you can, you always know where somebody is, for mm-hmm. instance, when you leave pipeline, like yeah. how far back mm-hmm. are they? How do they look? You can gauge mm-hmm. that. And the fields aren't too deep. Um, and in some years there's been some pretty competitive races going Blanford. You were in a couple, a uh, couple years where maybe it was it you or, or Dennis, maybe where you were jockeying for position there where it can get really competitive. And, and I've seen that play out a number of years and it's tight. Like this person, you leave and they're like a half mile back or whatever, and they're gunning for it as well. And like, man, you just know they're breathing down your, your neck. And so I guess that is the competitive benefit of, I guess the, the loop or the out and back, I guess, portion thrown into the loop. Um, and Jake, how about for you? Um, it fell into my timeline perfectly. Um, I didn't really know much about the race, to be honest, before I signed up. So I signed up and then realized how much climbing was involved. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I uh, I found like a a 300 meter long uh, ski hill in my in my area and I just ran up and down it. I did like even 60 kilometers just up and down, just mind numbing. <laughs> um, but to Molly's point, the the course was wonderful, absolutely stellar, um, and I felt like I was floating going through that force yeah. as well. It was it was something else. And uh, to your point, Ian, I was running afraid of Caitlin the whole time because I kept <laughs> I kept seeing her and she kept looking so fresh. And I was like, oh, my God, every hill I would go up, I would be like, do you think Caitlin's walking up this hill, Jake? Do you think she's walking? <laughs> so I was like, uh-huh. myself on running afraid of her. So, yeah, uh-huh. but shout out to my family. Thank you for crewing for me. I know you're watching. So, And with your, your family, it was it is fun to see that, too, with some of your crews. Um, that I get to see uh, each year, but like Karen, for you, Jim, I mean, she's been your like ace in the hole. I mean, she's dialed in, she's out there scouting the uh, the race ahead of time uh, for the the day before. I think the day before the race, maybe two days before the race, when my markers were out uh, around the Joe's Figure Eight area, they just sent me a text of uh, uh, a tree being down over one of the areas where a crew was supposed to have access, and um, he sent me the photo, and then suddenly I was confused. I was like pretty sure I just just got the same photo from one of my my course markers and this is coming from from Blanford like why, how did Blanford get a photo of the tree down is it just going through a network and like this is weird and they're like oh yeah Karen's just kind of scouting the course just making sure she's dialed in as a as a crew yep. uh and finding any hitches that are out there in her crew plan so um that was pretty awesome and so to Jake to see your family out there I mean, they were just studs, right? I mean, it's not easy as crews. They're getting a long day and a long night as well. Uh, I guess the benefit of Virgil is it's a pretty crew accessible. It's not, you don't have to drive very far. Um, but I mean, they were champs as well. And it was cool to see how excited they were. Um, and I think that what, 
you get maybe a Bills game out of it this weekend? Is that, is that <laughs> what I heard? That's right. It'll be in the mud lot for anyone watching out there. So I hope to see some some serious fans jumping through tables. <laughs> and then for Jared, you keep you're you're glutton, right? I mean, it's not you're, you you sign up for the, the long distances. Last year, Jared in the hundred as an example. This was your was this your fourth Virgil? This is, uh, I think technically my third. I did uh, no fourth. Yes, I did uh, the fifty miler. The relay and then two 100s. So this is my fourth yeah. one, yeah. And the 100 last year, for those who didn't get to uh, witness Jared, he gave you enough time because he was sitting in a cozy chair by a fire at the Hurt Locker for quite a long time in the middle of the night, um, thinking that maybe he wasn't going to go anywhere. Like he was just like done. But it took enough leverage and arm twisting and maybe belittling uh, yep. to kind of get him back out the door of that aid station and went on to impressively make a comeback and finish. And then this year, it's like you came back just like a, you're just like a changed person. Like it's just this maturity, almost as if I just watched this little, Thank uh, you. my 13-year-old daughter right now, maybe Marin, maybe you're watching out there, um, is now blossoming into a teenager at age 13 here. Jared, I feel like I just watched you blossom into your, your adult years <laughs> at Virgil 100 because you were just like on, like, I know that it was hurting. Um, I know that yeah. there were certain time goals, but like there was literally never a doubt in your face that you weren't going to keep going and like get that done. Yeah. Um, you know, ever since 2013, when my buddy Peter, he, I crewed him for the 50 mile. It rained the entire time. It was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. And I walked away going, I got to do this. <laughs> and uh, I did the 50 miler and then, I was going to do the hundred and then it got canceled, you know, and, uh, last year I came in when it came back and I begged you for years to do it and I did it, but chafing and a ruptured tendon really took me out. Um, I realized that, uh, the attitude change would help and Dustin also, um, it was also the, the, mm -hmm. um, the difference, but, um, it's all about, for me, it's all about letting go. The things I've learned and the things you mentioned at the beginning of the race was, you know, you're going to, your soul is going to be crushed. Just wait for the sun to rise kind of thing. Um, just letting go and just kind of vibing through the forest and smiling. And rule number one is having fun. Not looking at the watch or anything else. And just uh, and staying in front of Jim. If you know you're in front of Jim Lampton, you know you're going to finish usually. So... <laughs> That's it. And, and, you know, honestly, um, I, I learned to trail run by, through Red Newt Racing and uh, the, the people that involved in it just taught me every year how to just stay calm and collected and to get into it. And this year, even though it wasn't a very fast time for me, I've done much faster. Um, it felt so good that I put it on the top of my list of one of my biggest accomplishments. And it looked like that again. I, I think that it was phenomenal. And to see you come into uh, Joe's figure eight that that last time, uh, and then take off running like on the ascent. Um, I mean, that's just awesome, right? In terms of that's just all you can hope for for an individual to still see that inspiration, to know that the know that, that your last section is kind of in the barn, and you've got some some wheels left or you're you're willing the wheels to be left uh it's it was just awesome it was really inspiring to see and um thank you yeah totally and then uh blanford um blanford dude you're getting old um 
but you're you're not slowing down like this was what 45 minutes faster what was it versus last year uh hour and 10 minutes hour and 10 minutes faster yeah yeah um so for good or bad, um, I think I've changed the course for Virgil literally every year that we've run it. Yep. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I respect that there are certain long-standing events that you have certain maybe course records that you want to be able, you want to compare apples to apples. How do I stack up against X person years ago? Um, I run some of David Horton's races uh, finally, and um, they were ones that have been going forever and you know where you stack up against individuals from X amount of years ago, decades ago, in some cases. Um, but with Virgil, I change every year and like, I don't, I don't know. I've kind of enjoyed doing it, right? Like I'm out there putting in some miles to it. I'm like, I've never seen this trail before. And I think I want to take you on it. Or like this, this was a tricky turn last year. I could mark it or I could just take the whole thing out of there. Or, and kudos to all of you, and not that I gave you a choice, but being flexible where I'm like, all right, I'm changing the course again, like a week before the race. And for those of you who don't necessarily know the course, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. I don't know the course as it is, and it doesn't matter. But some of you do know it, and some have like been training on it, and like, crap, you just changed it on me or whatever. <laughs> but that's also, I think, speaks to what I've uh, taken away from my time at the Helmet, at, well, creating, and at my time in here at the Virgil is the faces and the individuals that have kept coming back to make it so fun, right? It's the community, it's your family. And, and you see people growing up. So like five of the people that dropped in that pod with Tom Nesterick and Jim Lampman and a few others that were there, these are people that have been with the the race from the, like the beginning or the outset in some cases. And like, I've seen these people grow up right now. They're Jim came on like kind of a, a relatively fresh young stud, like at that time. And he came out racing pretty hot. Um, now he's just a bit older and he's got a ton of hundred miles under his belt, but he's also got like two kids and, you know, a different job and a little bit older. And, and so it's interesting to see the change there, but Blanford, you're kind of one of those mainstays where you've had, let's see, you remind me, you ran the hundred, two, one hundreds and three. Yeah. First I, I finished a hundred the first year and then I uh, didn't have to, second year went to the drop to the 50 and then um 15 was the 50 and then the last two years it was a 50 so i have five four 50s and one 100 and for those who don't know uh jim uh jim's a beast uh really you are and it, uh just your your daily routine or life i mean i know it's your community it's what gives your day uh, presence and you're out just communing in like nature and like these spots that are very personable for you. Um, but Jim and, you know, and Jake who just went uh, uh, vertical on us uh, over there uh, in terms of spending the time on the um, ski slopes, like you did, I mean, Blanford, what's your, maybe it's different now, but what's your average weekly elevation gain? I mean, not to, to I'm going to toot your, I'm forcing you to toot your horn here because it's pretty impressive. It's probably this year. It's probably anywhere between ten to thirteen. It's not as much as it was a few years ago. I just been adding in a little bit more speed so I can run faster at the times I need to, and I think that really helped over last year with coming off of some bigger years of elevation. Now I I just want to get my legs moving so when I can run. So yeah, and clearly it worked. What it was two years ago that it was the the um it was a million vertical feet in like 2020 was that yeah i think that's yeah. yeah which like i don't know like i can't count to a million 
Um, I mean, I guess you're, you're logging it in that, uh, but that's a ridiculous amount of like vertical gain. And so with that um, in your wheelhouse, does Virgil still see, well, I guess I, I feel like that's the beauty of Virgil as well. Like I now have some experience to have been to lived in mountain States and, or traveled to, to races where you get like eight mile climbs or you get these 4,000 foot like elevation gain climbs. And I think there's definitely something to be said for those in terms of, feeling pretty um uh i don't know like you can get in that grind you can get in that rhythm and you can you just go and it's pretty impressive that like wow like i'm still going uphill like eight miles later like virgil there's not that and you get at most what like a mile up or like a mile down in terms of length and like maybe 700 feet of elevation gain or something like there's there's to your point molly earlier like it's always changing and it's always fluxing and you can be using different muscle sets and drawing on different things and you're not getting the same repetitive beat down does virgil for you jim given uh your wheelhouse of elevation like does it still do you still feel the cumulative gain and kind of mileage out there or what does it feel like for you in terms of vert uh this year i mean there were hard climbs i just felt really good with climbing this year i just i was running the first climb out of the the hurt locker i ran that hill every time like i just but then coming back up the ski slope that one the first time i it was often one running up but the second time that sun when it came out on the ski slope i don't know what time that was wow that wiped wiped me out there i kept moving but it was just that was brutal but then the third time since i knew it was my last time i could mix some running in there but that hill was just i think that was my hardest part of the course trying to move up that hill it just was like weight being put on your shoulders it just felt like i don't know the other ones just didn't seem i mean they were still steep climbs but that hill just was that was a good one <laughs> it really made you kind of think the whole time of your running is like you had that hill to get back up to the top to run back to the, the hurt locker Molly, you had mentioned um, Carson Road being a highlight uh, coming back in and just a point of beauty in the day for the rest of you. I mean, did, can you comment on some pinpoint uh, highlights or times out there where it just made you in the moment just be grateful to be where you were doing what you were doing or moments for Jake and Caitlin at being your first run through? Like, I never saw it, but I'm assuming at some point you must have felt like crap. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that that was the case, but I'm just assuming that you're kind of mortal and you felt it. So there were any times where I didn't see that the wheels really fell off and maybe you were like, this sucks or, or so any, I guess, real highlights or, or spots that were not highlights that you worked through. Jake, let's go with you in case we lose you again when you go vertical. Yeah. Sorry about that. Not at all. Uh, yeah. So to answer your first question, um, after that first climb and then you start descending down the other side after the, after you do that first climb from the hurt locker seeing runners go into that fog for me was surreal it was it was really incredible and, and seeing the speed of some people on that first initial hill was was pretty mind boggling as well um certainly that that sunrise was amazing um and uh really just the forest itself was, was just really beautiful. I remember I was running with Caitlin at one point and we were, we were making like uh, awing noises pretty regularly. Um, yeah, it was, it was a phenomenal trail, but, uh, the wheels did, did slowly start falling off. I, I tore my shoes at, at mile 40. So I had like sticks and stones in there for the last 60 miles. So 
it became a bit of a, a pain, but, um, but to Jim's point that, that Hill, um, I said to, to Chris, who's a phenomenal guy, my pacer, shout out to Chris, if he's watching, um, I, we're, we're going to go as hard as we can up this last Hill. Like it's not going to break us. We're not stopping, you know, and, and it, I love that Hill. <laughs> I loved it. I love doing hard climbs like that, but yeah, go, go ahead, Caitlin. <laughs> I agree. I loved the hill. <laughs> I really leaned into it and uh, it was really cool as with loops course, loop courses are, is need to see the course at different times throughout the day in different lighting. It was um, while a lot slower to do pipeline at night, I really enjoyed that time of night. And it's, it's kind of a long, for me, I was definitely hiking at that point, just just wanting to stay on course, wanting to make sure I was sure-footed. Um, but it was a real joy to get to the end of it and see, like, the glowing aid station. And the volunteers could not have been kinder and just intuitive, just knowing, like, what we needed, like, stuffing, like, little boiled potatoes and, like, bacon strips, like, putting them in our pockets for us. And um, I really, like everyone else, I thought the course was fantastic. And I, I loved seeing the same aid station, seeing the same volunteers over. It was, uh, and uh, so much camaraderie among the, the racers. This isn't specifically about the course, but just the, really the, I really felt the power of the trail community um, in this race. And how about for you, uh, and, and then, uh, I was about to say for you, uh, Jared, but then I remember that I was going to say when you were talking, though, Jake, it seems like the um, that at one point I do remember you turning into a somewhat rabid animal, maybe because you were looking at whether Caitlin was going to be making up time on you. Uh, but it was almost like you started foaming at the mouth looking for ginger, little little ginger chews. <laughs> yeah, I started having some some serious GI issues around like uh, mile 70. Um, and uh, again, uh, just to Caitlin's point, uh, I believe his name was Rob, a wonderful yeah. volunteer. I think he, he may have also been pre performing in the relay, but he gave me those ginger chews for the first time. And it was like, I was a new man. I was a new man. It was just the best thing ever. So I've already bought them on Amazon. I've already got them right <laughs> over there. So we're, we're good to go along. <laughs> That's awesome. And then Jared, how about for you? I mean, any kind of transcendental uh, moments for, uh, for you, or did you have a, um, uh, what was your ginger chew? Uh, well, I think I know Rob, I think he's a hasher and shout out to all the hashers who are out there making me happy because they're a bunch of crazies just like I am. Um, for me, the, the section, um, leading in to JK and the loop after JK was always very transcendental. There's just those deep gullies and I would remind myself to actually look at the beauty of the Finger Lakes Trail and uh, I'd always smile and just be happy. I mean, I just say, remind myself, you want to be here. You, you live for this. And the Virgil does not disappoint with the trail. It's just unbelievably gorgeous out there. It's such great forest. And uh, Yassine Daboon just logged on to the back end uh, as well. We'll bring him on to a segment uh, later. Uh, Yassine, good to have you on. Um, run a little bit behind, but it was very good energy in the moment. Um, I don't even know if the screen tolerates the number of uh, people on here. Let's see if it works. Uh, but Yassine, uh, with the 
was it the inaugural? I mean, at that point, Iroquois Trail 100 win, or were you second year? It's all blurring in my head now. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, first year. <laughs> yep. Um, and also, and that was also your first 100 as well, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for Jake and Caitlin, I mean, that's the natural trajectory of Virgil. I mean, it's just this this uh, powerhouse national class uh, event where chances are if you win the 100, you're going to, like you've seen, go on to get pro contracts, I think is usually <laughs> usually how it goes. Yeah, yeah. you're just on your way. Uh-huh. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And this was, um, and so you've seen, so you've seen just ran, I always, and I'm, I'm going to, back you back off here in a second and make you go away well and then i'll bring you back on but i always mispronounce it how do you really pronounce the race you just did because i always bludgeon it uh it's the mogion monster 100 mogion 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 not mongolian everybody's <laughs> mongolian monster but uh yeah the mogion rim is a really unique area of northern arizona really tough race we can talk about later yeah um <laughs> Well, it is good to see you, and it's good to see you pop on during the Virgil thread. So as you're looking at this screen, uh, Jake just ran his first 100 and took the uh, the win. Uh, Caitlin just ran her first 100 miles. <laughs> and uh, Molly is in your neck of the woods uh, in Reno, Nevada. She took a 100-day win. Um, Jared uh, just uh, had his second 100-mile finish there. And Blanford, if you've not crossed paths, was with also a, a prior 100-mile uh, winner at Virgil and won the 50-mile uh, this year. So right on a bit of a winner circle here hey congrats to everybody and uh yeah virgil has a special place in my heart obviously it was my first one so <laughs> we're ian you know ian's the one who kind of got me into all of this mess so <laughs> i'm very grateful <laughs> good um all right now i'm going to kick you out again for all right know, talk again a little bit um and so Blanford for you, and, and we'll try to wrap the Virgil segment. I know we're a little bit back. So thanks for all, for those who may be on uh, Corey there in the back end. Uh, Leslie will probably sign on pretty soon. Um, so I appreciate it. Blanford, but you keep coming back. I mean, you, you have a um, wonderful community around you. Um, you're really much a fabric of volunteering at events as well. Um, bringing out friends and getting them into the fold. Um, really just a phenomenal community-minded individual on the trail trail scene. Um, but, I mean, you were one of the ones that I think wanted to see Virgil come back. What keeps you coming back to? And did you have any kind of transcendental moments out there? Uh, I mean, me and Karen just love going, coming back to that area, that just the whole the community, the race, the, the trail. It's just, I just love being on a ski slope. It's just neat being out there, you know, especially if you're a skier, it's just like a total different world. And, uh, the summer it's just you know it's so jaggedy it's not smooth there's you know you're going up and down and you just can never really get in that groove even on a nice downhill on the ski slope it's just it's just ripped up you know it's raw and and i, I wanted to thank you for the wet feet right from the start that was kind of <laughs> that was that was interesting it was like all of a sudden it's just like your feet were soaked and it's like where did this come from but that was that was cool <laughs> But well, yeah, I, I just, I, I love the whole course. It's, you know, it's just one of those ones that I want to come back to every year. I'm glad it finally came back after last year. And um, yeah, I'm trying to convince more people to come back. And I don't understand why more people don't come up to that area. And it's a, it's a great, it's just great. We just love yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess that's one of the, I don't know. And I try not to, to dwell in that spot, but in terms of, 
uh, why certain events will grow and just others won't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know part of the trajectory has been, uh, it seems like some people are a, an increasing number won't even waste their time a, a, on a hundred unless it's a Western qualifier, unless mm -hmm. it's a UTMB qualifier, cool. unless it's a hard rock qualifier. Mm -hmm. And I kind of get that. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's not necessarily the case. And there's other events that I've seen really grow in numbers where virtual hasn't necessarily. And I think people often, I think, shortchange, I think, one, the difficulty of virtual. I think they very much overlook it, mm -hmm. uh, even though they have some of the metrics there. Uh, but then, two, it just kind of gets shorted. I don't know. And and I think it is such a, a wonderful event. I think in way I've built it is that it is very runnable. Like in my eyes, it mm -hmm. is because I have been around. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and again, I, the caveat is not that you should be running all the time. Obviously, there's still a lot of elevation gain. You should be power hiking that stuff. But like in terms of footing, like when you're surrounded by where'd you grow up, Molly and PA? In the Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, a lot of that central corridor in um, for sure in PA, Caitlin out in your neck of the woods, whether it be um, uh, some of the stuff in Connecticut, when you get into the whites, the greens, Catskills, like we're surrounded by a lot of just rock kicking technical terrain that, whew, man, when I'm tired and I just find myself kicking rocks, like I don't know how many times I've cursed so loudly <laughs> in the air, like I'm so tired of kicking these rocks. Yeah. Um, and like, you just don't get that at yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. and I'm, and it lets me just be in a better place emotionally about it. And so kick roots. <laughs> there are there are a couple there's a couple um but even there like when i've i've spent time living in hawaii and so when you know even mm -hmm. there the trails in my backyard which was the hurt course i mean if you want to talk like i guess i had enough experience now where i've lived in these places where it it recalibrates your your metric uh and so there in hawaii you know there if you want to talk about like roots like that's what i think of like these root jungles that will just like roots as high as your shin or whatever and you're like going through them like tires at like football practice or something um i don't know so uh, i think it's amazing in that regard um what uh anything else that you think would be fun to um plug or anything you want to bring up with one another or anything that regard um before i see what you've got next and coming up I love like looking around and like I saw everyone, which was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Again, just a yeah. testament to the loop course and just yeah. the just the arrangement is just like I saw Molly and saw her <laughs> flying around, like with a smile on her face and like it's just it's, it was really cool. Agreed. And again, I'm sure you guys were at points not smiling, but <laughs> I only ever saw you. I don't smiling think so. <laughs> Yeah. What were you going to say, Jim? I cut you off there. Oh, just a shout out to the, the volunteers, too. Yeah. That Huge. Was great. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you all got uh, coming up? Um, anything left in 2022? Jim, start with you because you're... you're... Um, I'm just going to be out doing my weekly hill running with all my group of the Hamburg PA mountain runners. So um, <laughs> thankful to have all them to run with. And if event comes up that I think I might go for. I, I Right now, I have nothing. You know, I dragged my feet to the last minute. You know, I signed up Tuesday, Wednesday for the race, so I'll keep dragging. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks again for everything. It was a great totally. event. Molly, what you got? I got some ski mountaineering racing, hopefully coming up in March uh, with a partner with, with my husband, which is always a thing, right? Racing. Nice. Racing as a team, yeah, with your spouse. 
so yeah, hopefully be in Italy doing that. Um, your dog looks pretty wicked cute at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we call him Bendy. That's super duper. But yeah, he's, he's <laughs> taking a nap. <laughs> that's pretty fantastic flexibility going on in that. Uh, yeah, I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jake, how about for you? Uh, I just signed up for Beast of the East 100 today. Um, and I'm thinking about doing that uh, 50 miler a week before <laughs> the, the Mountain Frenzy one that. Uh, Dow Mountain. Which one's the beast of the east? I don't know. Uh, It's a King's Mountain in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, And when's that? That's December 10th. Right on. So clearly your first 100 was an okay experience and you might as well just, you know, Uh, I just learned. I just love that I'm with Caitlin. Like it, it's amazing how, how everybody's so different, but through doing the same thing, you create such a bond and, and everybody was just, even though, even though you're getting your soul crushed, everyone was just so great. So, you know, smiling and always cheering each other on. It's awesome. Caitlin, what you got? No plans. No, I just uh, kept it open on purpose, just just this being a new distance. So um, just more playing in the whites as much as we can throughout the fall and then ski season. Nice. Uh, yeah. Do you do uh, ski mountaineering as well or – just a tiny bit, mostly uh, inbounds. And then as we're able to um, getting up into doing touring in the, in the whites, really, we stay usually pretty local. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then Jared, I know you're in what intense uh, academic window here for the next three weeks. That's kind of what's turned to your focus. Yep. Uh, this was a little gift to me, uh, Ronnie Virgil before uh, three week exam that I have coming up. Uh, as far as races, I always try to choose at least one red newt and Finger Lakes 50 if, it, if I can get into it. And I was thinking maybe of aiming for Leadville next year, but well, just because my buddy did it and it was it was something else. Uh, so, but no plans in of itself. I always have to hang back a little bit. For one of those races that um, became also. I mean, one of the originals, but also just became so big in terms of kind of the corporate conversion or whatever for Leadville. I think I've yet to see somebody come away from Leadville, not just really excited about their Leadville experience. It seems like everybody has really cool experience with Leadville and just becomes part of that larger Leadville community. Yeah, so it looks like it worked on you. Yeah, uh, you know, I had never been out west, run out west, and... uh to be next to my friend as he achieved a lifelong goal uh, and to be part of it. Uh, I became a barefoot runner before I knew it was a thing. And then he handed me the book born to run and slowly but surely he dragged me into ultra running. And then next thing you know, within 10 years to Leadville. So that was a big, a big thing for me though. Virgil was my big one. So uh, yep. that's the one I always keep on fighting for. But um, you know, I just I thought, well, hell, Maybe I'll try that, you know? Right on. Um, what the hell? Might as well. Yeah. Um, and Molly, thank you for making the trip out for Red Newt for Whiteface, let alone doubling back for Virgil. So I really do appreciate yeah. you guys being uh, part super of the, uh, fun. the community. Yeah. Thank you. Totally. Um, well, right on. I appreciate you all taking some time here this evening to weigh in. Again, I found all of you impressive and inspirational uh this week and i was grateful to be out there uh with you seeing you come through so 
uh, well done to, to all of you. Thank yeah. you, Ian. All right, thank, thank you, you, Ian. Yeah. Sure. Thanks right. for a great yeah. race, man. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal, Ian. Right on. All right. I will uh, catch you all down the trail somewhere. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Transitioning. Um, and thanks for all of you on the back end. Uh, I know I tend to uh, run on uh, a bit, so we're running a few minutes behind. But uh, one of our guests for the Hurricane 100, um, Holly Ann Swan, is a coach. And she just texted that her they are running about a half hour late on their bus. Um, they are en route to a meet right now. So actually, this might work. Um, so if any of the Hurricane 100 crew, we'll see if we can close out with you if that's not already the plan. Her uh, bus is going to be like 925. So I think this is going to work uh, pretty well. All right. So um, I am going to transition here uh, to bringing on uh, Leslie. Uh, thanks for being on there um, and for messaging me there for that, uh, that link. <laughs> like, I haven't uh, gotten a link. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, here we are. Um, but good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Uh, so Leslie O'Dell. Uh, for those who may not be familiar with uh, Leslie, um, she's pretty awesome. Uh, uh, and I think finished. I know I can say that about you because I'm. You don't have a choice. I'm. I'm here saying <laughs> about you. Uh, she's. I think you've finished pretty much first or second in the vast majority of races you've ever run, and that's not necessarily just cherry picking it. I mean, there have been some some solid fields there um, with some really great performances. Uh, and she is a. Uh, New Hampshire residents, you get to play in the whites uh, quite often. Yeah, I get beat up. <laughs> you get beat up. And you are an EMT, right? Is that the... Uh, yeah, an advanced EMT. You advanced EMT. Kind of in between EMT and paramedic. I can do a lot of meds and uh, IVs and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a couple kids as well, right? Just so one. One, okay. So definitely some, some juggling for you uh, as well. Yeah. And so, but you've been on the scene a while, just kind of cranking. So, yeah. um, again, to cook uh, is a newer gem, uh, very but technical uh, in Camden, Maine. Yeah. Uh, they ran its third year this past weekend uh, in the mix. Uh, here is Leslie, your fourth overall, uh, and the women's win in six oh nine. The was there a second distance in McGinn to cook that happened last year that they just didn't include this year? They had a ten k that went on. How was um, it? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yep. But they didn't do that this year? They did. But oh, they did. They did, but a lot of people, there was no marker for the turn, so most of them just got lost. <laughs> uh, well, so 10K, well, 10K turns into a 20K, and everybody <laughs> wins just more distance. Yeah. Hmm. And so you've been around a bit in terms of uh, some uh, technical train courses, conditions. This was your first McGintocook, though, right? You didn't run yeah. last year? No, yeah. yeah. We we took a trip out there last year and decided it was we, like it was really technical. It's 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 not like a lot of elevation gain, like just up to the like the top of the mountains, but it's really technical. And then this race was just just up and down. It was insane. <laughs> it was like yeah, seven thousand so feet of gain. And and what was it? You said the about twelve thousand feet. Seven thousand. Or seven thousand. In a fifty k. Yep. It was pretty rough, and it was really humid. And uh -huh. we, every race we've done this year has been brutal <laughs> like just humid we haven't caught it we haven't gotten a break <laughs> and it's and the course is pretty mixed right like in the i think there was an initial video or two i think when i was doing the article on ranking different races in the northeast and i was 
looking for videos to, to weave in or whatever. The one I could find and begin to cook, <clears throat> I think didn't seem to like sell it. Like it, 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 do you start like on a road section and then you get up into the trail or technical you do, you, stuff? Yeah, you do like a, you do a eh, maybe about two miles up a paved road, but it's up. It's like uh, like a mini Mount Washington <laughs> up uh -huh. to the top of a mountain. And then you come down, then you hit the trails. And there is a there is a sec like twice you go on this road, but it's not easy. It's it's just um it's it's really hilly. It's like a lot of climbing. Um and then you just you end up on all these crazy out and backs to get to all these different summits. And it's pretty hard. Like <laughs> and the trails are all really technical. The road was the road wasn't fast. Um, because it really it's pretty steep. Steep. Like up, 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 and then maybe a little down and up. And then you come back and it's the same way. <laughs> I don't even know. And uh it was just it was hard because the aid stations were really spaced out a lot more than I thought they were going to be. Okay. And a lot of people really suffered. Uh, a lot of people dropped. A lot of people just, I, I felt good up until around like mile 15. And I was like, Ooh, now I'm feeling it a lot, but I was still passing people that were just dying. Um, it was. And a combination of the distances between uh, stretches, or is it just that technical of terrain that it's, not even necessarily that long on paper, but once you pair it with the technicality, it just takes a while. Yeah, especially the end. They kill you at the end. <laughs> they, they take you down like the most technical stuff all the way down to the road from all the way up. And then you come back up. And then there's this trail that we actually did last year. And I was thankful we'd done it last year because it, it looks like it might be kind of flat, but it's technical. And it's just almost up the whole way for like two miles and you're at the end and you're just dying. And then you get on another trail and you think you're almost there. And it goes for another two miles. <laughs> like, Great. It sounds it? fantastic. Like, I just want to go sign myself up, you know, yeah. for that one. Because I just want brain games. I just want to be played with. You know, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's it's really hard. And you wouldn't think of it if you just, if you step back and you look at these mountains, you're like, ah, they're really short. There's nothing to it. But no, they're actually really hard. And that's, and that's part of the remark. One of the remarkable things, right, is in Camden there, you get this. Like they don't seem like that big of mountains or maybe, I mean, yeah. 7,000 feet of gain is pretty um, real, uh, yeah. right? But then when you put it knowing that it's like a coastal range, I mean, that's some pretty significant relief in short order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I guess the benefit, though, it looks like you got some pretty remarkable views or vistas on that course. Yeah, it's really pretty. You came out to a lot of views just looking out over the, I guess, Penobscot Bay is what it uh -huh. is. Yeah, yep. it's really pretty. For a second, then <laughs> you just you, you go back down and you're like the certs. <laughs> but yeah, they reward you with some cool views and it was, it was nice. <laughs> and it seemed like some good community. I mean, it's a good crew that's uh, putting it on and it feels very communal. Yeah, yeah, they're really nice people. I, I don't. They have uh, I forgot what the name of the group was that like, has taken it over. Um, but they a lot most of them don't really know anything about <laughs> racing and trail running. And the guy who used to put it on was there to kind of lead them this year, but they were, they were kind of just learning. So it was, it was pretty cool to see this group take it over and just <laughs> not really know what they're doing and, and put on a pretty good race. I mean, there's so, can make some improvements, but we all can whenever we put on a race. Uh, I used to put on a race for six years and I had to learn the hard way with <laughs> learning uh -huh. how to yeah. park right and everything like well, that. Way to be their guinea pig. I mean, that's good. So it should be maybe more, uh, even more weld-oiled machine uh, next yeah. year when we go back. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'll go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I know that maybe half in jest, but it would just be because, I mean, that was a tough course, tough day with just a lot of races out there. I mean, 
in terms that, of going back, in terms of the desire or not to go back? Uh, it was it was just so hard. <laughs> I think I just have a like oh, I'm all set with that one. Was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the weather had been different. I think it would have been um, different story. And I, I really I plan not as we every race we've done has been so humid and so hot. And I said, if it's going to be like that, I'm not doing it. And then we went and it was like, oh, the, what, the temperature is going to be nice and cool. But no, it was it was more humid than Ragged 75. And that was just brutal. We were just soaked. You might yeah. as well have just jumped in a river. That's how soaked you are. And I think that made it the hardest part. And yeah. just, just thinking of that, I'm like, I don't think I want to go back just in case. <laughs> it's like that again. Could you go jump in the bay afterward? I wanted to, but I could barely walk. <laughs> sure. I just wanted to go back to the campsite and then take a shower. I fallen like the, i didn't fall at all until like the last mile huge hole right in my leg and my <laughs> it's literally a hole and uh my calf just cramped up right when i fell yeah i was cramped i was like holding back cramps for like the last 10 miles and i've never had that before in my life i just saw s caps nothing it was just it was brutal but yeah so i just like i need to go back and i need to clean the hole in my leg <laughs> yeah and uh Good thing for the advanced EMT uh, skill set there. Yeah, I know. I'm not calling names. Listen, I'm not going to ER. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, advantages. Well, right on. Well, uh, nice work again to extending your uh, run of first or second place uh, finishes. Um, yeah, thanks. That's pretty awesome. It's good to see some of the photos of you and Ryan out there. And so I know there's some pretty uh, beautiful, uh, at least... At least it makes it like there's some pretty beautiful photos in in Joe's uh, couple yeah. spots. So yeah, it is. It's really pretty. It's definitely worth a visit. Yeah, right on. What do you, what else you got? Uh, anything left in 2022 that you're signed yeah, up for? Or on? We signed up for something, but I'm not sure we're going to do it. Might be a little burned out. Yep. Uh, with traveling, I'm really busy right now. I'm going to school full time and work full time, and and I actually just hurt my back <laughs> at uh, at work um, on Monday. So I don't know how I'm going to be. I'm actually out right now for at least two weeks. Oh, bummer. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> It'll heal. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to do what we planned, but maybe some smaller races that are closer. Well, maybe a good opportunity then to scale back and just chill yeah. out for yeah. a little bit and yeah. sit and watch something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, awesome. Um, thank you so much, Leslie, for joining us. Thanks for kicking back a little bit. Yeah, Thanks welcome. for um, being patient and logging on. And um, hopefully I, a little bit of, I think, text thread there with, with Ryan. I would love, still on the list, to get up there and do the Prezi uh, Traverse. I would love to do it with you guys. Yeah, um, so, huh? <laughs> Yeah, till that time. Um, yeah. Right on. All right. Uh, well, I will chat with you more next round. All right. Thanks, Ian. All right. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, rolling into Corey in the hot seat. Hi. It's good to see you, to see you again. And yeah. uh Sporting the uh, Cornell uh, wares as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, so Corey Dow uh, is joining us from your North Conway. Is that yep. what's going on? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, she took the women's win on Sunday, uh, also setting a new course record in two hours, 25 minutes um, at the Kismet Cliff uh, run. This has been one that's been on my bucket list for a couple of years. And I thought it would happen last year, but then I started coaching and well, it just didn't happen. Sometimes it conflicts with Virgil. Virgil just ran this weekend, but there's always, uh, always maybe next year, given it's a Sunday race. Um, but for your new course record in 225, five minutes under your prior best from 2021, uh, you've had a pretty solid year. Um, and this seems hopefully to be a kind of a capstone of building mat mountain fitness. And hopefully you're in a pretty happy place uh, with that effort. Um, 
hopefully you're pretty stoked on how that day shook out. Uh, let's dig in a bit to this course, um, how the race fit into your season. Uh, maybe most pressingly, the most incredible question you've ever received from a student regarding sexuality. And then uh, <laughs> just how this, uh, how Kismet, how Kismet went down. All right. Um, that was a lot. It was uh, a lot. <laughs> yep. yeah. You're a Cornell grad. So I feel like you, you can handle that. Um, you've already compartmentalized it uh, in your head, split it apart into um, A and B uh, answers to the, the sections of the questions. And I just, we'll just see where you go with it, really. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. My first, uh, I just want to make a little claim right now that this is my past my bedtime. So uh, Sorry. <laughs> if I'm not thinking straight, uh -huh. that's why. Um, but no, this race was a lot of fun. Um, I, I was looking forward to doing it this year because la last year was my first year doing it. But I mean, I've run on the trails because I live up here. So I'm pretty fortunate in that way, I guess. But uh, yeah, I was happy with, with the result. I was hoping to do, to be able to drop some time from last year. Last year I ran a 10 K the day before. Um, and this year I didn't <laughs> so that I could, so that solid. I could maybe run a little faster. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but the course is a lot of fun. It goes up and over cathedral edge and white horse. So that's really pretty. Although I was thinking about it after and this year, I don't think I really looked at the views at all, which is weird. I normally try to at least take a peek, um, but I was on a mission. <laughs> and after we go over white horse, it starts the trek up North moat, which is the like harder part for me. Um, and then back down North moat, uh, back up white horse. And then you get to roll down pretty much once you get back to up white horse, it's like, all right, I'm going to make this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this race. Uh, it's all downhill from here. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And is it, um, um, I, for those who aren't familiar with Kismet Cliff, if you watch some of the uh, clips, they, I think what going into their first year, early year, whatever the entity was that had a drone out there, uh, makes for some pretty solid aerial footage of Kismet where you're kind of running up this just cool uh, terrain and you get some right exposed um, areas up there and you also get a really kind of fast but technical descent on there which is i mean definitely some kind of raw mountain terrain yeah yes it is really technical um and yeah the ledges are right there so i actually had so like my parents came up and one of my friends from college came up and they were watching and they were able to see me but there's a lot of like it's not the most spectator friendly course because you're like in the middle of the, the woods um but they like got to check out the climbers that were on the ledges there because white horse and cathedral are like super popular spot for rock climbing so yeah you're right there on the edge which freaks my mom out a little bit mm -hmm. um <laughs> do you so. i mean do you just kind of blow through that or i mean i guess you're used to it because you live up there but i imagine for some that's got to be somewhat uh intimidating or nerve-wracking yeah the most technical part is really north moat stuff i'd say um and going uphill I mean, the technical bit just slows you down because you're like climbing over rocks more, but you're going slower going uphill, but mm -hmm. going down North Moat can be really, can be really slick. Um, this year they told us that it was slick, but I thought it was a little better than last year and North Moat tends to be wet anyways, but I, I, I thought it was pretty good for, you know, how it, how it can be. 
Um, but that's the technical part. And definitely, I think it helps to live up here. And I was able to make some gains on that part. I mean, it's hard to tell because everybody's so spread out. But um, yeah, I, th I think living yeah. up here and, and training in the, the whites is helpful for that. And the season, I mean, um, you kept it fairly tight. I'm sure you did some outer uh, events that just weren't necessarily my radar, but it seemed like the focal points were Whiteface and then Loon and then Kismet. Is that kind of? Uh, yeah, I also, I will be going to Thailand. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so that's on my radar. So Kismet was like a big one. And then now I'm kind of just, I'll have races that I'll be doing, but that's Thailand's the next like thing in sight. And so was that from Worlds? Was that coming out of Loon? Coming out of Whiteface. It was Whiteface, yes. I don't even remember who. Because kind of, of yeah, just because um, some there was a spot declined. Oh, yeah. Well, what? congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I'm um, allowed to say it. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's said now. So <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's really exciting. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. So that's, um, that's next month. When is that again? So that's, that's November October. 6th. It's November 6th. Yeah. So it still is, it still feels like a ways away. Um, so I'm just trying to stay healthy and keep running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause right. Yeah. Your fitness is clearly pretty good right now, but right now you got to stay healthy and, yeah. and keep that fitness for another six weeks beyond maybe when you thought you needed to. Yeah. I do usually like, the weekend before is usually my last race of the year or the, yeah. Uh -huh. um, so, and I, I don't know, I love running in the fall. <laughs> I just, it's just so much easier. You can breathe. I mean, Thailand, I won't be able to breathe, but in New England running in the, in the fall is yeah. just so, <laughs> so much, so nice. <laughs> and Thailand's going to be relatively mild for you, right? I mean, I guess at that point you really just, you want to represent uh, the U.S. You want to run well, but ultimately it's the experience. And but what? It's a seven mile course with like um, it's like two thousand under two thousand feet of gain or something like that. What's the elevation? Do you remember? Maybe you haven't looked at it's it a, yet. It's a good question. I did yeah. look at it briefly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fair. it's similar to you know some of the you know like Whiteface and Cranmore and Waterville Valley. I think. I thought it was too. And then I, but I, ah, somebody, if, Maybe not. Anybody, if there's any listeners uh, that are <laughs> uh, tuning in live, if you were to Google the um, elevation metrics for the world uh, mountain running championships in Thailand, I'd be curious there. Um, I was trying to um, see, I was trying to create Whiteface to be a mirror of uh, what Thailand would be. Uh, but I also had in my head that it was going to be like 4,500 feet of gain or something like that. But I think when it actually uh, panned out, yeah, I don't think it is that much. All. No. Yeah. Um, so at least the distance matches, but that'll be an exciting trip. Um, and so, uh, well, maybe you, maybe I wouldn't even ask that. I was going to ask necessarily like soaked about the, like the teammates you're going with, but if, if it's not public on who just declined, then I guess I won't even ask that question. Um, but hopefully that'd be psyched. Have you been to Thailand before? No, I'm not yeah. a, I'm not a big traveler. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, but no, it'll be exciting. It's literally the opposite side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's going to be exciting to get the Team USA kit, crack it open. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for you. That's awesome. Um, well, right on. Um, well, not to keep you up uh, too much here. Uh, oh, it's, 
Yeah. But it was awesome to connect with you uh, a couple times or several times uh, this year so far. And now maybe I get to connect with you again going into uh, uh, post Thailand. Um, so congrats. Thanks. Yeah. And nice work at uh, Kismet as well. Lowering your course record. That's a pretty solid performance. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, totally. All right. Um, well, I will uh, catch you next round. Sounds good. All right. Congrats, Corey. All right. Thank you. All right. See ya. See ya. All right. So I'm going to um, head on to the Mogion uh, monster here. Matt, thanks for being live on that back end as well. Um, if you didn't catch it uh, earlier, Holly Ann's bus is going to arrive at the hotel around 925. Um, so we will bring uh, you into the last segment. And we'll see if Alex logs on as well. Um, so I am going to uh, bring on Jamal. Thanks. Good to see you again, buddy. Um, and Phil, brother. What's up, and then, people? And Yasin as well. Did Yo, you guys? Uh, did you guys connect out there, Phil? Do you know uh, Yasin or Jamal? I uh, I don't know Jamal. I met Yasin I think one time at the uh, the Trail Festival in Brooklyn. The the movie yeah. thing. I was with awesome. I did oh, see right you in. I meant to say hello, but it was kind of right at the start and i was like just figuring everything was kind of ready and you know yeah. I, I was kind of in in my own head at that point you know figuring yeah, uh, what yeah. stupidity i got myself involved with <laughs> i know i was pretty nervous at the start myself uh, yeah you had uh bigfoot walking around in a costume and you know so, you're about yeah. ready to get you're about ready to tackle a a really tough hundred miler but hey good to see you and congratulations on yeah, you uh, on, your, on your run thanks it was uh, it was a way tougher course than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I, I expected I would, it to be way more runnable than that. Yeah, I would agree, and you know, just a lot of things uh, like the altitude for me. I, I'm a yeah. sea level person, so just the whole race being between five and eight thousand feet really got me. But uh, thankfully, I had my brother there to carry me through the last fifty-seven nice. miles. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was I was uh, affected by the altitude. I mean, that first climb got me. I mean, yeah. I, I got to like 15 miles. I was overheated. <laughs> I was affected by the altitude. I was ready to drop. <laughs> normally, you know, I sort of saved that until like at least 40 until I started to drop. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, was at, I was at 15 and I was like, I'm overheated here. I'm dehydrated. Yeah. The altitude's kicking my ass. I'm done. This is not my day. I hear yet, you. I, yet here yeah. you are. And yeah. and yeah, and so what was so let's Jamal maybe you know the metrics oh and let's let's start with you because you were pace well I shouldn't start with you you guys banter between yourselves as much as you want here I think that's even more fun <laughs> than me just you know getting into it too but Jamal for a takeaway for you one did you're like damn like I should have just signed up and run a hundred miles and then <laughs> um, not so much I wasn't not. thinking that no yeah. I was pretty happy with exactly how it went, really. You know, and, jumping in and being able to help like that. It, like these guys are saying, it was a pretty rugged course out there. And these guys haven't touched on it yet, but it poured in the middle of yeah, the day. That's an interesting yes. point. I mean, the weather was wild. It was all over yeah. the place, right? I mean, yeah. the first storm actually saved yeah. me, I think. I think it the did. first storm saved Same. my race because it cooled me yep. down a lot. Me too. So like hot. the second aid yeah. station, I went in there. I really iced myself down, uh, put the ice bandana on, dunked my head like three times, drank loads of water. But then up that climb out of there, past the Horton Springs and where it kind of got steep, that yep. was when I first got really rained on. 
And I think okay. that point actually saved my race. So I started to come around and feel decent when I got cooled down. So that steep climb for me, I was in like the top five at that point. That right. was I was I was in complete sun, and that was about mile oh, twenty five. Yeah. And that's when I started going down really hard. And I had got up to yeah. Jamel at mile twenty six, and I was like, "Dude, I'm in bad shape right now." Um, like I went from like first to first place to eighth place in that yeah. section. And then he took care of me and basically put me in the rental car and turned the air conditioning on full blast and uh, cooled me down, gave me some coconut water. And then I, I, I headed out and then it started raining yeah. and I was just like, Oh, thank you. And it so was perfect. Good. And I totally yeah. came, came back to life. Yeah. And then about two hours later, I think I was hit by rain again. And I'd gone from like in the space of two hours from heat stroke to hypothermia. You know, it was like I was freezing. That like second big rainstorm that came in and the thunder and lightning that was building yeah. that thing up was absolutely I mean that was off the charts that stuff. It was like nuts. excitement, you know. Nobody was expecting it. Nobody predicted no, thunderstorms. Yeah. No, I know. It wasn't that. when you think of Arizona in September, that's not what you think of. Um, no. I was getting I was getting hailed on. I mean, yeah. it got so bad to the point I don't have any hair to protect me. Right. So <laughs> I uh I was just getting was like a beat down. Yeah. It was taking a beating. I had to like <laughs> hide under a pine tree for like five minutes. So, uh, so for those who not already familiar with the event, um, somebody just give it like the top line uh, location, distance, elevation metrics, kind of what you predicted going in versus some of the things you've talked about uh, so far. And what and why? Like, Phil, you made the trip out. Why this one? Uh, you've seen, you've done a number of, of high. Um, uh, destination uh, events. Uh, why this one? So, kind of some of the metrics and, and, and why, why, why Mogion? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in a bit, and then maybe you see you jump in. Uh, okay, I mean, it's 101 miles. It's basically it's Pine, Arizona. It's about an hour and 45 minutes, um, kind of northeast, maybe more to the north of uh, of Phoenix. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Pine is the town and it's on a thing called the McGeehan Rim, which is like a big escarpment face, uh, formed by some kind of erosion. I'm not exactly sure what kind of formed it out there. Uh, but it's actually incredibly green with lots of ponderosa pine, way more water running down the face of that thing, uh, than I thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really spectacular landscape and I did not expect that. You know, I kind of thought yep. it was going to be kind of these dried out trails, uh, <laughs> nice and smooth through the pine trees. Little did I realize it was like a conveyor belt of moving jagged rocks. They were throwing all <laughs> kinds of weather at us. There was not much oxygen to go around. Uh, I'm, I'm basically my ass got kicked all the way around the course. So, anyway, I'll let Jimmy, yep. uh, I'll, sorry, I'll let uh, Yassine jump in. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I... So essentially by the numbers, it's uh, like Phil said, it's about 101, 102 miles. It's a point to point, um, which was really attractive to me. I love point to points. And it goes up and down this Mogollon rim six times, totaling about 18,000 feet of climbing. So it's not, I mean, it's got a lot of climbing, but it's like I've done, you know, much tougher events that have a lot more elevation gain. But, you know, this one with the combination of the altitude, 
the the crazy weather, the ruggedness and technicality of the course, it really, um, you know, kind of uh, served us up uh, a great challenge to test our metal. And I had run out there, I had did a big camper van trip uh, in 2020, and I kind of coincidentally camped on the course. I didn't even know it at the time. And I, I went down there and, you know, parked their camper van and ended up camping at the uh, Geronimo aid station, which I didn't know oh, wow. at the time. Cool. Yeah, mile 72. Yeah. And so I went, I went for a run out there and I was just like, wow, this area is very unique for Arizona. It is um, this this geological formation the way that this plateau just kind of shot up out of the earth and it's the biggest yeah. ponderosa pine forest in the nation oh wow which was yeah. pretty cool yeah. um and so yeah when i uploaded my strava it said oh you ran the last climb of the mogion rim or the mogion monster 100 and that kind of planted the seed for me and then i pitched the idea to jamel and Jamel's been coming off of a great year of, of ultra running. And uh, like you, Ian, I was also like, dude, why don't you just run it with me, man? Let's, uh, um, you know, let's just stay together the whole time and you, be your first hundred and we'll have this shared experience. But, you know, um, obviously he just got third place at his hundred K at Twisted Branch. And so he didn't kind of want the pressure of doing this hundred, uh, which we talked about during the race. You know, he was kind of like, man, I'm glad. I didn't do this as my first hundred because you know fifty-seven was plenty. Uh huh. And for you, you and is this like a qualifier for something else? I mean, is it check those? Oh yes, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was another key component for me personally was that it was a hard rock qualifier, and you know, I I feel like yeah, I've been trying to get into that race for a long time and you just got to keep getting these qualifiers at these ridiculously tough other races just to get into the lottery, you know? So that was, that was a big component. And this is a single distance event, right? I mean, it's just, is it just the 100 or do they have other concurrent uh, distances running? They had a marathon as well. Hmm. Uh, I think on Sunday. Yep. And for the phenomenal uh, events, company that they are what in terms of some of the big draws and higher profile was this what was their turnout how many how many people ran 100 mile i was told it was uh, 160 i don't know exactly uh, but i was told there were 160 were were ready to run on the day mm -hmm. okay yeah um i would say comparatively i've done black canyon which is another era vipa running race and that was definitely much more attended and hyped up and whatnot um jamel and i both were just talking about how we really liked that it was just very a laid-back event almost yeah. kind of like a backcountry kind of the town of pine is so small i mean i loved the charm of it it's just like we went to these just greasy diners and you know you got these just these laid-back country folks and um the arizona trail comes through there so this little town essentially is there predominantly for these uh through hikers that come through and i mean you blink your eye and you're through the town literally we we run out of the trail to the middle of town and it's just that's the finish and <laughs> you run a, a few hundred more feet and you're out of the town nice and otherwise you're just kind of up on this ridge in this forest it's not like you're dropping into any other little town arizona towns you're pretty much just out there mm -hmm. yeah exactly yep so another yeah, town called payson that's like 15 miles away 
and that's a little bit of a bigger town. But uh, yeah, you're just up on this rim, going up and down the rim six times, and then you drop into Pine for the finish. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because that, I mean, that one's got your name that. all over it, Ian. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, flying in and out of Phoenix, you see some. I, I think I'm all often. I think I've flying, flown in and out of Flag once or twice as well. And you look back and you just see these amazing trails that are going up across these ridges and plateaus or whatever. Um, but I do forget that there is such the diversity, the variety, or the um, uh, I'm missing the word there. Um, diversity, diversity. There you go of the uh, the flora that's out there. And yeah, that pine forest. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one of the remarkable things, and I'm seeing it play out like my. Uh, my brother and his family live in Seattle. That's where they've been for decades at this point. And uh, I think Seattle came up as like the worst air quality of any city in the world. Like last week from the fires and my college roommate lives in far Northeastern Oregon and enterprise Joseph. And they're just in the uh, Mm -hmm. just epicenter of uh, two pretty large convergence fires. And they've got all the uh, uh, hotshot crews and helicopters or whatever, all just like in drawing water from their town or whatever. How about in Arizona? I mean, did it feel kind of um, green or is it pretty much everything yeah. just, just waiting to torch out there? No, like like Phil said, where we were, it was awesome. I mean, it was such a different, uh, it was like higher altitude. It was forested. Um, they had gotten rain leading up to the race. So everything was kind of green already and lush. And, you know, Jamel can speak to this, but he Jamel wasn't going to jump into me with me until mile 60. But based on the crazy weather and the, based on everybody was kind of slower than expected, he, he you know, was ready to go at mile 45. And as soon as we started running, he was just like, man, this is, this is so freaking beautiful because he had never been out that way before either. So, um, and it was just this beautiful single track cutting through the forest that you don't really envision when you think of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like like creeks, water gushing in the in the in the valley. There it was not something I expected. You know, um, I mean, you can take a water bottle with maybe like a filter water bottle and like fill up quite mm-hmm. a few times if you wanted to. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. So does it leave you then all feeling when uh, Jamel? Does it leave you well? For your first hundred, like I'm going to put this like on my list. Want to go back, or for you, seen and Phil, because you guys have been around quite a bit as well. Is this like a, a one and done type thing, or it's like, wow, this course really I was mean, remarkable? I would say that it was pretty special, and I think some of that was a combination of the weather we got because you know we had rain, we had thunder, we had lightning, we had hail. We also had a full moon <laughs> that night, and the clouds broke. <laughs> I mean, I was going up one climb, and I looked back across, you know, the kind of valley below the rim. It was the full moon, a few clouds, and the coyotes were howling. I was yeah. like, as good as it gets in this sport. <laughs> like, it's just having, you know, the, the, the great feeling about, you know, being out in the mountains at night. I love personally, you know, nighttime in any ultra. Like, it's, it, to me, it's my favorite time to be out on the trails at night with a headlamp. Um, I, I would highly recommend it, and I would seriously consider going back. I mean, I think I want to look at maybe I'm Tough next year. But um, like it's it's definitely probably the best like mountain hundred I've done. Wow, that's awesome! I, I'm never doing that again. But I've said <laughs> that about every other hundred miler I've done too, and I've gone back to several of them. So who knows? Uh huh. 
Um, it was hard. Uh, I liked it out there. I thought it was special and beautiful, but I don't feel like I have this burning desire to go back and, and do the actual <laughs> race. So I, I feel like I, I got I got my share of experience out there. But but just going to a new place like that is is really cool and fun. Mm -hmm. and so yep. The West has so much to offer. So, so does the East Coast. So it's almost just like, hey, I don't really know, but it's a lot of good options out there. So it's exciting. And Jamel, I don't, I feel like I should know this by now, but I'm not remembering. Have you taken Yassine through a full pacing gig like that so far for 100? No, no. All the hundreds that he's done, I mean, I paced him at Western States a couple years ago for the last 20 some miles. And that was it. That's it. Um, it's only been a few years that I've been really in the mode and the, you know, the, the, the fitness with this trail running to be able to be considered to do this with him. So, uh, it's cool. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I love yeah. it. I, I had such a good time out there. I mean, it was just perfect yeah. for me to be in the position to help somebody like that and to help him, you know, all the races that he's done. Uh, I feel so happy to be able to do it now and get to give the serve that way. And just to see how many people do that in the, in the trail community, all the, all the giving, all the volunteering, all the pacing and the crewing. It's good to be on that side of it. Yeah. Um, so I got to feel really that. enjoyable. I think mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, like, like you say, giving back and, and crewing and volunteering is really rewarding actually. It really is. And I wanted to feel that and do that. And, and I, I feel like I did. And it's a different kind of reward, you know, an experience, yeah. but, but just also very cool. Also very cool. So very and cool. Jamel, Jamel's first time running through the night. So yeah. Um, right. nice. Yeah. So we had, that was really good. Um, you know, we got him a like nice drop. You know, with the full moon. Yeah. The full that moon was, was, was amazing. Yeah. And just a, like a few little clouds puffed around. That yeah, we we turned our head we turned our headlamp off at one time for just a couple yeah. minutes and just stood there and just took it all in, Definitely, you know, yeah. and just was so still and quiet. And it just as soon as your eyes adjusted, we were just like, man, we'll never we'll never forget this. Yeah, I was actually when kind of worried that I was going to get cold at night, but actually the temperature no. was quite decent. Yeah, oh, so absolutely. Like warmed up a little bit. Yeah, I was in. I think I, I was in a t-shirt all night. Yeah, so was I. Mm -hmm. I was not sure about taking a long sleeve and uh, and a shell, but I was like, no, I'm a great, really good temperature, really nice temperature. <laughs> How about going yeah. down that power line? How technical is oh, that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I think I just... the worst of it was like 100 yards long. I fell over twice. You know, oh, yeah, that... That, was, that was one of the worst sections. That was one of the worst sections yeah. for sure. I couldn't believe it had to go down it. Oh, geez, it was beat you up. It just yeah. beat you right. Yeah. Yeah, it was one it was after another. One thing after seconds. another. Yeah. A few sections. Um, yes. Nice. Work. You seen where'd you end up finishing? What were you? Um, I know uh, I jockeyed a little bit. But where'd you end up? I ended up finishing sixth place. Sixth. Yep. yep. And Phil was not far behind me. I think I was like an hour behind you, right? I was ninth. Yeah, nice job. Yeah, cool. I mean, especially after just wanting to drop in the first 15, I'm like, this race is over for me. And well, another just, thing, like, too, I don't know. I don't know if you noticed this, but, you know, I was looking at just kind of analyzing the finishers real quick. And like 
the first five finishers were all from Colorado who like live at the high point of that race. Right, right, yeah. Right, and then I live at 300 feet. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the guy behind me was Colorado as well. And right. then, you know, and then you're not, you know, a couple of places back. <laughs> yeah, but also another thing I noticed, out of the top 50 finishers, there were only two finishers that were in their 20s, which was oh, really wow. interesting. Three yeah. out of the top 10 were masters and, yeah. you know, just a lot of people that were a little bit older in the sport, which uh, seems almost kind of like seems how it used to be when I first got into it. Um, yes. Me rocking in at a young 54. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. You, heck yeah, dude. Old man. Nice job, man. <laughs> awesome. Grandpa is out there. <laughs> yeah, well, there's originals to, uh, where there's originals to the youngsters out there, huh? Well, I think that this sounds like this is a course that also plays to having some experience out there to be yeah, able to weather totally. those storms, be able to know what to do in the heat, be able to yeah. know how to get through that, that, those, that cold, wet temps. I mean, I mean that's mm -hmm, some experience yeah. kind of shining right there. And then also just kind of riding that out. I mean, Phil, at to the, uh, sorry, at the third aid station, I showed some great experience. I had a uh, shell jacket in there and it was, just about starting to rain again. So it actually had stopped raining and I was just setting off and I was like, maybe I should take my shell jacket. And some other uh, runner that had come into a station said, oh, my boyfriend checked the weather. There's no more storms forecast. Left my <laughs> rain jacket in my bag. Like, that showed great experience. <laughs> I'm like, you believe some random other runner that said their boyfriend had checked the weather forecast <laughs> in the mountains. So that was, that yeah. was the, the, the weather never forecasted any thunderstorms that i could see we never saw that in any I thought there was like like two to three hours worth from like sort of noon until three or like noon until like two and then i think we were good yeah yeah i was not expecting my hands to get so cold in the middle of the day so i had to actually i had to stow my poles so i could run with my hands uh, oh wow! Under under my shirt on yeah, my body just to up. thaw them out. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I was not expecting to do in the middle of the day in Arizona. No, <laughs> nah, that was that was definitely a bit wild. Well, gents, I am going to uh, transition part to uh, Yasin's uh, early years as well with the West Virginia uh, shout out as well in the Highland Sky. Yeah. Uh, Glenn's nuts on there. Thanks for that uh, comment. And, yeah. Um, you seen connection and that was also one of my earlier i think plugs knowing you seen was going to do that and had a really i think cool experience with uh highland yeah. sky yeah thank you for that message nice to nice to hear from you i appreciate that right on um and what do you guys got coming up what anything left in 2022 i'm i'm pretty much laying low i was planning on maybe going down to do the quad dipsy uh the saturday after thanksgiving but i'm not sure if i'm gonna if I'm going to do that now, I was, I was also registered for hurt 100, uh, in January. Um, but, uh, I might be pulling out of that as well. I just don't think it's going to work for like my family schedule and other obligations I have. So, mm -hmm. um, not sure. I think I'm just going to be kind of chilling the rest of this year. I've, I've raced a lot over the last four months. And so I've, I've always kind of raced and ran hard and trained hard, but then uh, rested hard. So mm -hmm. uh, having that kind of downtime has allowed me to have that kind of longevity as well. 
Nice. Phil, speaking of longevity, what you got? <laughs> uh, I'm going down to the SE100 in a couple of weeks to pace uh, Jay. Um, Jay Friedman. I'm going to pace him there. Oh, nice. Um, so that'll be fun. I mean, the Yeti races are always just so much fun. Just like such a great time. Um, so yeah, we're going to leave. We're going to drive down for that. And then I got some stuff going on in Cat Skills. Just doing some peaks. Maybe have a little plan for something a bit longer there. Uh, try and get some more Adirondack peaks done. Um, and then start hoping we get snow and get the skate skis out. You know. Yep. All the cool. snowshoes. Roll on winter. Love it. Jamel? Well, tell, J- tell Jay I said good luck. <laughs> yeah, I will do, man. Yeah, definitely. What you got, Jamel? I know uh, you're. this is a big year for you in terms of breakout, and hopefully you're still feeling good. So aside from get, digging electrical trenches, what else What else you got on deck? <laughs> hey, you heard about that, huh? I saw it. I, I, I She posted, I think, a question oh, to the yeah, uh, yeah. audience, and that. I pegged it. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was some big training. That was some big-time training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about, I've been eyeing up uh, the, what is it, Call the Wilds Mountain Fest, yeah. and there's yeah. the Green Monster. They're both 50Ks. They're they're down in that Pennsylvania area where Eastern States is, and I've been wanting to go down there for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and I've been eyeing those two up. I think I'm going to do one of those just to oh. kind of, just to kind of round out the year and climb some more steep peaks, you know? And um, both I've only heard uh, good things uh, about. So whatever right. you choose, I think you're, you'll do pretty well by the event. Yeah, I've heard good things as well. So right kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, so. maybe I can join you for a uh, run ahead of that. Uh, I think yeah. we'll be a group, group run on Sunday out at uh, the Dammy Down and Dirty Course in case you got don't have plans Sunday oh, okay. and want to do some miles. Yeah, I did. I did see that and definitely raised an eyebrow or two about that. So, right on. Well, if you think it, uh, maybe I'll see you there. You gonna go out to that? Yeah, I think so. I'll try to bring a couple friends who newer friends who are newer to the community and try to plug get them plugged in as well. Um, but if cool. it works in your schedule, it'd be cool to share a couple miles as well. Yeah, I've never done that one either, so I've always wanted to do it. So maybe this that's will great. Be yeah, maybe it'll be there. You should admit, last year I was tired of my course record holding there, and so last year oh. I, I, um, I created a purse for it. I threw down some real dollars uh, for anybody who could uh, break my record because uh, nice. it had lasted way too long and it worked. Yeah, there were, <laughs> people came in from out of the area, some speedsters, and they uh, they took that record down. And I was on the hook for some uh, shelling out some some nice. some cold hard resources. Money talks, yeah. man. It does yeah? Such a humble guy. Well, well, your name came up, uh, Ian, in the middle of the night in those wee hours of the morning, you know, around 3 a.m., 4 a.m., oh, while, while, <laughs> while we were moving at a very snail's pace up a very steep climb. But at least we were moving, man. At least we were moving. <laughs> those people we were passing on that damn trail on that, that ridge, that was the trail of death. People, people were, yeah. they might as well have been one with those logs. They were fungus at that point. Oh no, we were moving. We were moving. Maybe it was thanks to the five-hour energy that you gave me, but, uh, but, but but we were moving. I like made you drink that. I'm like, dude, you do not have a choice. You have to drink this. You're the devil. And, uh, I only drink yeah. water, and here you are. I don't know what's in that five-hour energy thing. You're, what is that? Uh, that? Yeah, 
that's, that's, that's drugs to me. You know? But uh, well, Jamel had, Jamel had to get a cup of coffee right before sunrise too. You know, he was. We were all getting a little sleepy out there, and um, you know, it worked. We weren't drinking it for the Red taste. Bull. We were drinking it. We were drinking it for the Red effect. Bull. Oh yeah, we downed a Red Bull too. Yeah, that was a game, was a game changer. Well, hopefully it worked the same way. Then hopefully you seen you ended up dropping your pacer just like I dropped you. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. hopefully that worked. Yeah. Yes. Well, well it, it worked because it, once that sun came up, we 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 uh, we started running. Not quite as fast as you, but we started we started running. Well done. Yeah. Well, guys, it was great to connect for a little bit. Um, you yeah, seen, for sure. Forward, well, all of you always look forward to yeah. the uh, the next round. So. Um, totally yeah great to see everybody awesome guys yeah yeah all yeah. right, on. All right guys Again, you seen nice one Jamal. you good too job. Phil. good job to you guys thanks Ian. yeah, yeah that yeah, was such sure. a fun yeah. event all right thanks Ian. See you guys love what you're doing see you thanks, have a good evening guys hey, nice. see you. all right so we are going to transition to west virginia matt thanks for your patience on the back end holly ann i am glad that you arrived and Alex, um, when you are available, I will pull you back in there as well. I just see the empty throne uh, at the moment. So <clears throat> let's weave you in here. Um, so the Hurricane 100, uh, first year event. Um, lastly, I got the RD himself, the creator here. I mean, I could provide some sort of uh, segue here. Uh, but let's, Matt, let's let you do that. Let me, it's um, great sure. to have you on. Tell us a bit about what the Hurricane 100 is all about, what you created, what you had hoped for. Um, and let's start there, I guess. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. It's, uh, sure. first of all, it's, it's Hurricane. Hurricane is ah. the storm. Hurricane is the <laughs> town. And so we make a big deal out of this. And so uh -huh. when I'm on the phone and I introduce this at Hurricane, like on customer service, but it's hurricane. So, so what we have here is that we have we've have the hurricane hundred um, k. It's a solo run and relay. And it was the first year for it, just like you said. This is the first hundred k in West Virginia. The first with a prize purse that we know of. Definitely the first in a long time. And what we are trying to do is we have built over the past four years some handcrafted and hand built trails here in our town. And man, we were just anxious to showcase these trails. And, and bring other people in. Not only our local runners, that's what the relay is primarily for. We still had a lot of locals come out and do this this 100K, but really trying to bring people in from other areas. It just so happens that we have some some studs, um, elite runners like Alex and Holly Ann and Caleb and Dan Green that I came out to run. It was a fantastic run, but really part of the objective was to make this a race that not only runners want to come back to, but their families want to come back to. So we you talk about your Virgil's Crest as a loop course. Man, I love loop courses. That's the way this one is. It's really set up for it with this beautiful bowl area that we have. So we had, man, we had live bluegrass music. We had pizza flowing all day, not just for runners, but for families. We had ice cream going. I mean, you name it, and it was there. We had Splash Park. I mean, it was kind of a day that, uh -oh. it was kind of a day that was a little overcast and not great for that. But um, and really ended up being a day that was wonderful. We had finishers in 838, you know, that when Alex won the race and then we had some that were 20 hours and 32 minutes. And we were there to see them all. And, and Alex and, and I and actually Holly Ann and I, we all we've talked over the past couple of nights. And it's really pretty amazing, as you know, watching these finishes, man, those ones up front, watching them run so hard and so fast over such a tough course. It, it's inspiring, but those ones that it's all they can do to do a 10 mile loop in five and a half hours at the end. And mm -hmm. we're still there carrying them on in the pouring rain. 
so much fun. So that's that's what's going on. And we, we really just hope to grow this thing and and, uh, and and make this the race and the town, the hurricane synonymous together. So why not just drop the E off the end so that it just doesn't confuse the rest of us? Like, can't we just can't we just call call a truce there and just like, come on, like clearly you're you're miss you're you're just trying to call us stupid by like, you know, not changing the spelling, but changing the way you pronounce it. Come on. The, dude, I sent you that video and, and even told you today how to pronounce it and you Come didn't on, get it right. So. You know, things I'm juggling here. You think I'm going to watch that? No, I appreciate you sending that uh, information. And uh, I, I think this has been the night of butchering things. I, I I don't know how many times they told me how to pronounce that Mogion monster or whatever. I'm still going to butcher that. Right. that. Aravakai. Yeah, you're just, you're just you're just taking out you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable and some of those things so you know just get that part right it's terrible <laughs> like i know that some of the, the founders of <laughs> i still can't say it. <laughs> running like it's one of the larger like race you know companies in the in the country even friends for a while or acquaintances i hear it all the time i've been out there like i i'm just i guess just ignorant but my head, I'm like, come on, like, wh why would you create an event company where people you can't pronounce? Like, nobody's had to pronounce it. But that's just me. Um, Hurricane, right. I will, I'll try to get Hurricane. Um, Got it. So, so you're, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, all those things that you created. One that you created the trails at all, the community around it. Um, two that you were able to get the the purse to really bring it in, and to try to see if you can further create another kind of showcase event for. For West Virginia, I think years ago, I was, uh, before, right when I think COVID was setting in, maybe I was scheduled to run. I think the trilogy, um, which I was really oh, yeah. looking forward to. Highland Sky has always been on my my radar, um, but and I, I know that they get draws. It seems like a number of people from Virginia, a number of people from Kentucky, and they they pull some in. But I don't know how much the larger kind of awareness uh, is outside of that kind of couple state pocket or or whatever. Um, and West Virginia, in my head, for the amount of forest, for the amount of mountains, the amount of trails that I perceive to be there, just seems like you all could be heavier in that trail scene than maybe you are. So to add another one to the mix and let alone try to create one or do create one that has that that draw, um, I don't know, it, it sounds pretty awesome. Um, what the We're trying uh, to get that prize purse even bigger for for next year too. I mean, we we've got the support. When you say you, man, there, there are. So let me give you some stats. And building these trails, over four hundred individuals have contributed to this. We've got fourteen thousand hours in it, and and I'm just part of a of a race committee that is absolutely stellar. I mean, the the, the community of volunteers, and we'll let Alex and Holly Ann tell you about the atmosphere there. I mean, it was just absolutely unbelievable. You ask them to do something, and they do it. I mean, the support that was out there. And I'm just sitting back and watching it in awe. But you know, you know how it is, man. It's more than not just one person. I mean, you you can set a vision, you can set it on the way, but you have got to have those willing and able people like like minded, like hearted to make it happen. And we're just our town is full of it, and it, it's so cool. I hope it becomes sometimes. But Highland Sky, my all time favorite race trilogy, done it four times. The other New River Gorge, Remember River, and they've got a hundred k going on over there now too. Beautiful area. A lot of good new stuff happening in West Virginia. For sure. It's growing, right? Now you have the, it seems like Virginia, I don't know all the names quite well enough, but in my recollection, Virginia always had the early, at least when I was first getting into the trail ultra world 20, 25 years ago or so at this point, um, 
you had those big Virginia names. I mean, it was a younger scene there, uh, but they were more coming to that out of that Virginia pocket. Um, in terms of growth in the young guns now, not that there aren't fast people like all over, but like as an example, in terms of Caleb and Holly Ann, what you have been doing in terms of cranking out some fast performances. Uh, Alex, I think the first time we're connecting, Caleb gave me the heads up that it was going to be a bit of a throwdown. Um, you know, it could go any way uh, this past weekend. And to have a young gun like you come in your mid 20s, how old are you? I'm actually 24, turning 25 next month, baby. Yeah. Um, so to have you uh, that fast and just coming in and just, and this was your first 100K, right? Or first, first longest? First 100K. So I've done a couple of 50Ks. My longest run, I think, previously was during a race. It was actually Yamacraw. I got lost. I think I ran an extra three or four miles. So it was like 35 miles. So this is by far the furthest I've ever ran. Yeah. So this was a jump. And uh, Caleb told me a little bit about how it, uh, or really briefly, I think how it, it shook out. Um, and then Holly Ann, you were, I mean, at this point, you know, you're, uh, you're good enough that I, I suppose in bigger races, when you've traveled to, for instance, to some of the bigger ones you traveled to like this past year. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get some fast females. Maybe you're not going to take the win, but by and large, I mean, you're competing against males for the most part. And so when you have somebody like Alex, somebody like Caleb or whatever, I mean, you're fast. Um, and so you do have people there to to run against. But the I think the prediction was that you kind of be out there and you'd be tough to touch. And you just ran a fast time, right? I think what a Caleb posted, it was like the sixth fastest 100K like in the country this year or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, so 100Ks across the board, it is 16th. Um, when you remove the road 100Ks, I think it's fifth. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, and well earned and deserved. I mean, you've been laying down some good efforts and your um, fitness is pretty incredible um, and still young. And to see where you'll go with more experience will be pretty cool to see as you're building. Um, what was your, I mean, Matt, did you have predictions how this race was going for the purse, knowing that that is, you know, hopefully a, a draw and makes a difference to people that are out there trying to, um, you know, devoting a whole lot of time to the sport. Is that purse coming from, did you have any certain sponsors uh, thanking for that purse or was it a municipal funding for tourism or where's that coming from? Yeah. I mean, that, the city of Hurricane put it up and they, you know, they get money from the convention and visitors bureau, but we also had little Caesars was a great sponsor. And so they kept us fed all day long, but the city of Hurricane put up that prize purse. And so Scott Edwards is our mayor. And so we thanked him and he was out there. He was out there a lot during the day. And so mm -hmm. we were sitting there when he was most excited. I, I, you know, bend his ear and say, you know, Scott was really going to make this thing roll as doubling this purse for next year. I don't know if we'll do it, but we're going to make a run at it and, and see. Um, and, and so it really, but the support came, I mean, we get into the money, but you know, we, we had a great, um, my co-chair Ashley Ellison did all the sponsor work, raised over $20,000 in sponsorship for this thing to help put it on to make awesome. sure really, again, we roll out the red carpet for people too. And so we wanted to spare no expense. I mean, we have these great sweatshirt jackets, Holly and Ward hers on the video, man, they're super comfy. Um, when they do, so just really trying to make this a premium event that people are going to want to come to, but not, not cutting any corners on it. And I sure hope they do. And, and seeing the return, I, we did an economic uh, study for Cayuga trails in one of the earlier years. Um, and I don't know, I think maybe we, I don't even remember, maybe we had like 300 entrants or something like that. And, and where it was one of the uh, U S championship 50 mile years. And we had a 
pretty decent prize purse as well. We're getting a bit bigger draw from out of the area. Um, that matrix has changed a little bit over the years, um, but it's pretty significant. I don't remember what it was, but it was maybe like in the context of that event weekend. I think we brought like $350,000 like into the wow. Ithaca area, like community in terms of uh, conversion. I'm uh, joining another event uh, for next year, coming on as a co-RD and potentially will take on the event under the Red Newt uh, fold. Uh, pretty big event in terms of numbers, but I think their impact is something like half a million dollars, like into the tourism community. And so it's, it's great when, and you're just starting and hopefully this grade grows really well. Um, but it's awesome once you see it. So for your mayor, as an example, um, I think once they're able to put the pieces together, that it really does come back in terms of the, uh, the resources into the town, it really is a, a win-win. So hopefully that, uh, that, that happens. And then to, to Beth's, Comment here is one of the most organized races I've ever attended. Great job to everyone on the committee. Um, I mean, speaks a lot too, right? I mean, that's the feedback that you hope. And if if the town is is putting resources into you and investing in you, um, you know, you can only hope that you can provide that experience and, and that works. Um, can, can I, one, yeah, one thing, you know, we, in West Virginia, especially, we talk a lot about tourism and, and I have this conversation a lot with people and I did with Brandon Dorner, who, who started all of this. Um, and said, you know, but but tourism is great. I mean, it's great to bring them in for a weekend or two or three or four if they want to come and train. What we're really looking for in West Virginia is, man, we want people to come here and live. Stay. And we want them yep. to move here and stay because West Virginia, you know, I grew up in West Virginia. I went to school in Kentucky and I went and I lived in New York for six years and came back to West Virginia. Never thought I would. And now you could not drag me away. I mean, there are good people doing good things and we get a bad rap for a lot of things. But there are pockets that are absolutely doing good stuff. And we want this to be a place where people want to set up roots and live more than anything else. And this is quality of life stuff that we're doing. And, and it just really helps raise awareness for that. So and then we get these super fast, talented runners in here, too, that I would tell people all weekend. I said, you know, they'd ask how long they just blew their mind. If they've ever heard of these races, you know what it's like. It blows their mind that people are running 62 miles. And I said, but we've got. We have definitely at least four runners out here that will compete anywhere in the country. And they're right here in the backyard. you got to come watch them run. And it was so much fun. So about predictions, Holly Ann, I mean, unless something happened, we knew she was going to win. It was questions, but she'd be top three overall. And she was. You know, if one of the guys blows up, Holly Ann was right there to take in. And, and she did. And then between Alex and Dan and, and Caleb, I said, look, any one of them at any time, I said, we had a best of seven series or best of 12 or whatever it is, or best of 15. They they traded out. I honestly believe that any of them could win any day. But at, but Caleb had to be the favorite, most experienced, most win. No offense to Alex, but Alex was, you know, I've also heard that he's he's the best young, fast talent, probably the fastest of them all. And, and that proved out on the day. So much fun to watch him race. Let them tell you about it, though. Yeah. And so how did it shake out? Um, get into that for – um let's go uh, let's start with you um holly ann i mean you've had the um quite a number of high profile uh events uh so far this year um focusing on even more for next year how'd you feel out there how did the how did the race go um versus how you thought it would go any highs lows how you doing yeah um so i've had like a, a handful of really great events from the summer going into early fall. So I was pretty excited about this 100K and, you know, 
aiming for a new PR. Um, I didn't have the best day at Gorge Waterfalls in April, so I was kind of hoping that this past Saturday would be my 100K day. And um, I started out and everything just kind of felt a little heavier than I was hoping for in the first 10 miles. And my, my body and legs just kind of stuck there the whole time. And um, so I think like Caleb had asked me, you know, which did you consider a harder race, Gorge Waterfalls or Hurricane? And I feel like that's almost um, impossible to compare because, you know, Gorge Waterfalls had some tougher aspects as in like the ascents and descents were a lot um like there was a 1500 climb right there in the middle of Gorge Waterfalls um, combined with the rocks were just insane. But with Hurricane, you have the loop aspect. So you're, you're in a mental battle the whole time. And I don't do great with heat and humidity. And I was drenched by the first lap. Um, I went through over 5,000 mils of water. I just like, I couldn't um, keep it in. So they were both tough in their own way. But um, so I, I guess that's mostly how my day played out as I felt my legs get heavy and it was it was just kind of a ground fest, like just keep pushing this, keep moving and uh, just see what we can do. And I uh, talked to Matt a little bit about this in our interview, but like I just kind of had a goal where I knew those trails and I knew where the climbs would be. Um, so I just kind of had a goal no matter how much of a shuffle it was just to keep moving the whole time and not power hack those hills. And I was able to do that. So I was pretty excited about that. Cool. And were you, uh, did you find yourself kind of alone or were you, I mean, I imagine the, I shouldn't imagine, but I would guess that the three of them were a bit ahead of you. So were you kind of in kind of no, no woman's land there? Or? Yeah. So I was with um, Alex and Dan and Caleb, through the first lap um probably shouldn't have been as close as i was honestly but it didn't feel like we were going um as as speedy as we were and then um as soon as we left that first um loop aid station never really saw them again yeah <laughs> but so then like um the little highlights for the day were just kind of uh seeing some of the other um competitors just out on the loop and 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 how about for you, uh, Alex? Uh, so you, you let uh, Caleb um, take some of the wind there for a bit, and then you just kind of sat there and made him nervous, and then just kind of chewed him up. How that how'd it go down? <laughs> uh, I mean, we ran together most of the time, but first back to Holly Ann. I mean, put her in any race, man or woman, it doesn't matter. She's going to be one of the best runners out there. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. pretty much any race, pretty much. And I mean, that first loop we were all together, and it was awesome because I mean, we've been running together for the past three years or something. I don't know, but, and it's always awesome to be running with friends like that, especially in a race. So, but, and then, I mean, I think after that first loop, Caleb, Dan and I, we started going at it a little bit. So, um, and then it just got into that kind of race mode and stuff. And with that whole loop situation, everything, that whole concept is such a cool thing. So um, being able to like see each other almost the whole time was just, I mean, made it way more competitive. So that was, I think one of the coolest things about it. So. And do you guys run together otherwise, the three of you as Dude, as guys? Dan, Dan and I live together. We work together. <laughs> Caleb is our, 
our college coach. So, I mean, we're always together a lot of the time. So it's, it's good. I mean, we get to train, we get to race, which I mean, it sucks and it's not because like we get to do these cool races together, but then we have to go against each other. So, uh -huh. um, it's fun, but it's sad in a way because yeah, one day we're going to have to try to go against each other and beat each other. But, and I think that's what gets good times out of us because we want to beat each other, but we're also at the end of that race. We're always still friends and having a good time. So, yep. Um, and this was, um, what, what else, what else you guys got not to necessarily use it as like the exit, uh, but this being, I mean, that was, it was fast. It was a big competitive race. It was a bit of a, a purse like on the line. Was this your first kind of higher profile event in that regard, Alex? Or have you had some in the past with your shorter stuff? I would say so. Um, Yamacraw in Kentucky um, put on by Brian Gages. He's a great race director, too. Um, he does uh, prize money there. Um, Stearns, Kentucky is where that is. And it's in the Daniel Boone National Forest. Beautiful race. Um that's always fun, and I've been there the past two years. Dan Dan Green and I, he actually raced this past weekend with me too, and we went and did that this past year. So I would say that, and then this, I mean, by far being close to home, having that kind of prize purse is always fun. So, And did you guys, uh, you and Dan, both run for Marshall as well? Was that the – Yep, yep. Yeah. Dan was one year ahead of me, and then, um, I mean, we've been living together ever since, like, 2016, so – and then I've talked to Holly a little bit about uh, her background, but for you and Dan, I mean, what's your, what's your wheel set? What, what was your focus in track? What was your event? Track was probably more like 5k. I was good 5k. Dan could kill any distance pretty much. He was definitely more of a long guy though. 10k is awesome. We'd have regionals at Penn state on that golf course and state college. Mm -hmm. It was just horrible every year, just muddy, gross. And Dan would go out and just freaking kill it pretty much. So but, um, yeah, definitely more longer stuff. And I think that's when we kind of realized once we got post-college, we started running trails with our boss, Robert. He's a savage of a man, too. So we wanted to kind of run with him, and he put us on the trails. And that's kind of where it all started, was starting to run longer on the trails was after post-college. And what's your, uh, what's your wheelhouse in 5K? Or even if it wasn't your focus, what's your, uh, what's your mile PR? Uh, fastest 5K was... 1455 i think and then Ooh. mile like 420 419 yeah and similar for dan kind of in that range yep he was sub 15 mile he says he's not fast in a mile or 800 but yeah he, that's yeah and he then, just yeah, likes that's, that's fine. he likes yeah he likes lying about it acting like he's a slow guy but he's a very fast guy well right i mean that that's the i think i was i was probably somewhere in there i think maybe like 416 mile speed or something like that but i i would never you know i was far from feeling like I was a, a miler and I wasn't. Um, uh, but to put it in perspective, but once you start playing in these, right. And the kind of the, the better you get, the more aware you are of, you're really not that good in that regard. I mean, there's like worlds of talent that's so much faster than, than you are. And you can't get, I, I can't touch that. Like I'm, I'm not going to break four ten in a mile, even at my best, like that's a whole nother world um or whatever and you can go up the distances like that like i'm not going to get to 1430 like i just i can't do that yeah. um but now that you're now you're getting to be an old man here in 24 and 25 and now that you're running 100k distance here you're still young enough where that wheelhouse is still there and now that you're taking it longer that that's kind of a different equation there when you can hang in there and apply it and run a hard back half like you did and take out old men like like caleb 
um, there, basically. Um, yeah, Matt made a good point. He's like, there's a lot, I think, like seven years of improvement or something, wherever you kind of start with stuff, like where you can actually get faster and get better. And I'm saying, obviously, still young, so I can definitely do a lot with that. But And then especially running against Caleb, who's still so much experience right now. I mean, it's, I'm learning a lot from him, learning a lot from Dan, learning a lot from a lot of people pretty much. But, but I mean, that race, that was a big, big kind of, step up for me going from i mean only running 35 miles to 60 miles didn't know how my body was going to feel and i mean to having the whole crew that atmosphere and everything it made it a lot easier for sure so yeah it was awesome. and so for the then the gauge let's let's talk about a metric on um who really depleted themselves and who was still kind of sandbagging had more in the tank um between alex and holly ann um were you both both able in the the day or two afterward to get up on and off the toilet without having to use the counter? <laughs> well, um, so I, I didn't mention that I had ran a Charleston distance run a week prior, a 15 miler, and I ran a 130, which is the fastest course time since 2009. And immediately after that race, my hamstrings were screaming. And so, like, I just spent the week leading up to the 100K um, kind of babying them and hoping that they uh, would be ready to roll by 100K. And so that's definitely, like, what I started feeling pretty early was the my hamstrings burning again in the 100K. Mm -hmm. uh, so I knew I knew that they would hurt after the, the race was all over with. Um but my calves and ankles are what speed up the most. Um, I'm slowly but surely getting back into running, but I've been able to cycle just fine. What was the um, elevation gain cumulative for the 100K? It's a little over 9,000 feet. A little over 9,000. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, all right. So qualifying that elevation gain and loss, and you um, you didn't answer the question though, Holly Ann. <laughs> if, I, if, if I got off the toilet, well, maybe I didn't want to disclose that. No, I'm just I know. But I, I'm sorry. This is this yeah. this isn't a political uh, forum here. I asked you a very pointed question on whether you needed the counter to get on and off the, uh, the toilet. No, I was I was able to do that just fine. Alex, I'll answer next. Um, I could poop in any situation. I <laughs> now now you're taking it a whole different level. I, I didn't ask about pooping. Sometimes afterward, I just kind of need to sit for a while. No, no, counter or nothing. I'm I'm good. Good well second done. loop. I was golden after that nature break. It was great. Huh. Listen, he he was he was talking about testicles earlier in the show. I've been on here the whole time, and so there, there's nothing that's that's off limits here. No hold back, baby. No hold back. Yeah. When it, when it when it's applicable. I mean, Cole had some really really shaved testicles in that race. It was it was really unfortunate. Um, and both of you finished your your hundred k without. I mean, Holly Ann, how you finished that without getting shaved testicles? I don't know because I mean, on that hot of a day, like I would I just think it. everybody would. I had plenty of shaved things, yeah. <laughs> not testicles. <laughs> you know, we, we actually went out and we, we had Vaseline there at the aid stations. But I always remind people, Ian, I said, that is not for your lips. So whatever you do, do not apply that to <laughs> your lips. Okay. You guys are disgusting. <laughs> or maybe that just weeds out the people who just don't know I'm, yet. I mean, I'm just trying to help. You just let them go, let them go, and then just. We had all kinds of people doing the first ultra. They need to know this information. Yeah, dude, Ian, with that mustache, you you've got to be safe. I know. 
Yeah, yeah. This is well. I think what what it looks like this is going to help me with is a Halloween costume. I think for um, uh, for a little dodgeball uh, throwback there. And, there we go. Yeah. Um, I was going to work the mullet next. Maybe I'll go to mullet and then I'll come to down to hurricane because I think that's. I feel like hurricane. Know, hurricane. Yes. See, I'm I'm growing. I'm I'm in, I'm improving. Um, and it did look like. Um, what is the better? Which is the faster, higher quality West Virginia town? Is it Huntington or is it Hurricane? Oh, well, I mean, it's a real city. We're a town. So, I mean, it's a difference of probably, I don't know, what's the population of Huntington now? And he's backpedaling. He's backpedaling hard. Yeah, yeah. 30,000 range, but, but we're a hometown, man. We were nestled right between Huntington and Charleston. So, we're a great place to live. And then you work one of those other two. I think like, we need that's uh, like a toilet question, though. You you kind of didn't answer the question. You, you know, well, hurricanes you're... hurricanes better. I mean, to live for sure. There's no doubt about that. Is that what you're asking? Yes. <laughs> Which was the faster town? Is what I was oh, asking. Faster. Yeah. Oh gosh, no, it's Huntington. It's Huntington. we got the young college kids here. In oh yeah, yeah. That's no. fair. We they have they have a bunch of has beens that that never were just like me here in in Hurricane. We do have some fast young people, but. Uh-huh. Um, and we had some, you know, our third place uh, um, man and our second place female were both from Hurricane that make their hometown. And and um, so, you know, we've got we've got some good, strong, fast people here. But it was amazing, too. Like people were signing up for this race. And I'm like, there's a town of 7000 people. How do I not know them? I mean, been doing this for years and just people come out of the woodworks to do it, to give it a shot. You know, it's and then when you watch it. Everybody's going, man, this is inspiring. I'm going to train for next year. You know, it's just you, you've been at those races, too, and how yep. inspiring they are. Because, you know, it's any any shape or size and age gets this thing done. You just got to be able to move, just like you said earlier with your scene. All you got to do, but we're moving, and that's mm-hmm. all it takes. Well, Matt, you should bring up the second-place female, what she did pretty much during I'll that do, She's six months postpartum, so and she's breastfeeding. Her husband brought her baby out there, handed her to her on the – Going out yeah, on that awesome. after the third loop, and for the next ten minutes, she walked up the trail feeding Cooper, and her name's Fern Jones. Handed it back to Mark, and they went on the merry way, and she went on to finish second in about thirteen and a half hours, which is a which is a very respectable, you know, hundred uh, k time. So it was it was fun to watch, man. Every aspect of it. I hope they know where that child's bar is going to be set in the world in terms of oh, uh, you know toughness of parental unit there. Oh, their 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 parent. I mean, both of them. And Mark, um, you know, Mark's done. I mean, he's he's a military guy. Done rock. He just finished Leadville last year. Just just does some incredible stuff. And, and Fern does too. So that that Cooper's got good genes. There's no doubt about that. The other story, and I'll tell you this, man. When when it came down, and we like between up front those top two, man, we had a race. So they came in that last loop, Alex and Caleb, just a couple minutes apart. And we got a, a we had a mid course aid station about five miles in five miles ago. It's a ten mile loop. We got a report that they were seventy five seconds apart coming into that and going out of that aid station. So they didn't really know it. They didn't know at that point. And Alex didn't know that the Kayla was right behind me. But I'm standing there at the finish, and and you could kind of see back. You could see them come out in that last trail. They'd come out of the woods, and like the place would erupt every time. Cowbells are going off. You'd see him and you cheer. And I'm standing there with Alex's family and his mom. And, and so we're saying she's just a she's a nervous wreck about to about to die for a boy winning in this competition. And they're saying about you know how far are they apart. And I said, Well, what I really hope is that we're standing here and we see them both coming out of the woods at the same time. And I thought she was going to smack me. I mean, it was like, don't say that. I can't take it. I'm going to have a heart attack. And she was. 
it was so much fun just being there with families cheering and watching all this too so you know that loop the aspect of it is is so cool because they just sit there they take a nap and they eat in between and then they get out and they cheer on the runner and they crew them and and um, everybody's concentrated with the relays and the fun it was just it was such a fun day to see that and see caleb saying that alex destroyed him those last five miles he went out 75 seconds apart and alex ended up putting five minutes on caleb and caleb is you know, wow yeah you're not kidding wow you did destroy him on that last loop yeah huh you're that's broken. What, that was caleb saying that but oh, i got yeah. and that's in the last five miles he put on those five minutes I got uh -huh. scared. So this is what happened pretty much going up to that last eight. So it was probably about mile 54, like 54 and a half pretty much before we got to that mile 55 aid station. And it's a very switchbacky kind of thing going up to that aid station. At one point I was just kind of like feeling good, chilling. I was walk power hiking some hills and stuff, try to save the legs for um, pretty much the last five miles. And then I was going up that switchbacky part and I turned my head just a little bit. And I see this just beautiful head of curly hair just running up. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Caleb. Butt cheeks puckered up. I'm like, I got to go now. And um, after that, pretty much started hammering because, I mean, that last five miles, all downhill, flat pretty much. So I was like, I think I can just try to hammer it, get out, and hopefully get 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 in with the wind. So. Whew. And minute per mile, you did lay it down there in terms of the uh, the delta or the gap you put on. Yeah, I'm an idiot. It hurt. <laughs> yeah. And it, he says it was all downhill. It's not. I mean, you're working from the high peak to the low point, but you're rolling and it's still it, it's tough. And then there's one about mile eight. You, you have to climb back out again. So nothing huge. It's just I always say it's sneaky hard is what it is. We're in the part of West Virginia where we go. I mean, our elevation is about 700 feet. So we don't have the big mountains like you do at Highlands and Trilogy. But it's just, it's just, you know, it just rolls and it's relentless and it, it's sneaky hard. Right on. Well, awesome. I'm glad it uh, it went well. I'm glad it uh, threw down for competition. I'm glad the West Virginia scene uh, is continuing to build. Hopefully, people move to to Hurricane. All to all it takes is a couple, right? Um, That's right. Kind of head there. Uh, and what uh, what do you guys got? Uh, each of you coming up for the 2022 remainder here. I will be pacing Dan Green for the Rim to River 100 miler. That will be November 6th, I believe, 5th, somewhere around there. And then I don't really have anything else. Um, there is Roman Run Wild 20 miler. That's actually not this weekend, but the next weekend. Roman Run, they sponsor me, these boys right here. So come out to the race, Barbersville. It's great. So, But that's pretty much it for me. And is Caleb, Caleb returning to uh, Rim to River? as well uh colleen no he's he's not coming back he's um got canal corridor october uh -huh. 8th uh-huh all right so that so that gets you out of gets him out of throwing down for for round two in terms of just uh uh start to finish on his back there all right that's that's good um and uh what you got holly Ann? i i kind of know the answer but let's uh you know what you got yeah um in my typical uh randomness of race scheduling i have columbus marathon on october 16th i have uh ironman 70.3 world championship on october 28th jfk 50 on november 19th and this will be your first jfk correct first jfk um well that'll be exciting for me and those of us who are excited to see what you can do there 
Um, and then, uh, Matt, what you got? Well, I'm sketching for Rim to River, so um, plan on doing that. And that's you know West Virginia's first hundred miler, so um, can't get it. Well, you might be able to get in off the wait list, but I will plug. Um, I will plug West Virginia Trilogy. I think that you can still get in on that. It's coming up in a month, but you know, not it's a three day stage race, so uh, 50k, 50 mile half marathon. For those that haven't been out there, it's one of the best atmospheres. I mean, Highlands of Malton favorite trilogy is right there. Just so much fun, Ian. You've you you've got to get there and do it and hang out for that to get there i would so. agree with that i'm as you're saying i'm like damn it what what is the uh it, it becomes hard on the coaching schedule um but with it being the three day it becomes possible all right what do we got here west virginia yeah. trilogy on uh, october 7th through the 9th and right. day one is 50k i mean i'm pretty you terrible. can make it you can yeah, definitely I, make I, it I probably could make but, it with you being the celebrity that you are, they'll probably let you in. I think registration's closed, but we can get a good word for you. I, I know oh, those. Man, I don't even know if I'd earn that slot, man. I'm in such freaking. <laughs> Just go do but... one of them. Get, go do one of them. That 50 miler is, you know, it's it, it it's tough. You earn it on that, and it's got a it's got. A, I mean, it's not going to be. You know, for a lot of people, it, it, the cutoff hurts them. It won't bother you, but it's it's definitely you're going to earn that one. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Oh gosh, man! I'd have to approach the family. That's right. That's that. Is that Columbus Day weekend or whatever? There. Yeah, it's always whatever, it's the first we full weekend to, typically. It's our now we try to October. remove we'll that bastard that. Columbus's name from the equation there. Um, so Indigenous <laughs> Peoples Day weekend, I think, is the going uh, rate. Yeah. But we, I think, I'm supposed to. Uh, well, I will see if it's possible. But that is on the list if it's not uh, this year because I've only next, heard next wonderful year. things about trilogy. Right. Um, it is well, right on. Uh, well, awesome, Matt. Congrats on uh, helping to bring that to life. Uh, congrats That's on a true. successful first year, Alex Thank and Holly Ann. Congrats on the inaugural wins, um, and uh, be excited to see where you guys continue to go from here. Thanks, Thank you, Ian. for sure. Thank you, Ian. Right. Totally. All right, we'll catch you next round. Yeah. And Holly Ann, good luck with the uh, the meet tomorrow night. Thank you. Ian, you've been on this thing for three hours. Good lord, you've got to yeah. go to There was, <laughs> there was one. Oh man, what was it? When I did did my root sessions and I had uh, Jeff Browning on, a longtime friend. Um, I think we were on as well. I think we were on for. I think it's similar, pretty similar. I think we started with um, Sawyer Magnet in the beginning, and then it transitioned to and with Jeff on as well. And then it was Jeff and I. I think we were on over three hours as well. Uh, and then the kind of the funnier part was after I ended the broadcast, but you're still on the back end. Uh, I think Jeff and I and his, and his wife, um, Jenny was in the, in the room as well for the interview. And then she comes on the screen and I think we talked for like another hour or so. So I think it was like over like four hours and uh, man, I, I don't know. I loved it, but it is kind of like, I'm starting to feel it here as well. I'm still not totally recovered from putting on Virgil press this weekend. I'm kind of tired. I'm like, I think I kind of need some ice cream and my kids are. My kids are asleep now and I'm starting to fade. Um, so, um, yeah, in any case, it's been fun though. And I appreciate you guys, the flexibility, Holly Ann, I'm glad the timing worked for you guys getting in. Uh, sorry if we took you away from the team at all. Um, no, no, Matt, that I worked out perfect. Yeah, I was just cool. watching real housewives. No big deal. Took me away. <laughs> this from is this kind stuff. of the real housewives. Maybe I should just change the name. This is like the real tra trail wives. Or Honestly, it is we a lot of gossip, a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. You should change it. 
<laughs> well, so so Alex, listen, man. You know, Ian, his his nickname is Fancy Like, so it's oh. Alex Fancy Like Minor. So, well, that's for another day, though. We're gonna have to talk about that. So it doesn't yeah. surprise me that that's the Housewives for, is his favorite show. That's for a show. private video show. For that. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, fancy Like. Um, fancy Like. That's right. You should get a pair of like the women's bun huggers from uh, Marshall that uh, Caleb is always putting in his Marshall promo videos with these, these cute women collegiate runners in bun huggers. You should get a pair of those, Alex, and you should put fancy like on the back of your, your, your keister there. Funny that you say that. That's pretty much what I train in every day. That is great. Yeah. That's where you got the name. Ian, that's where I you got the name. Shave, I have to shave my beard into your mustache, and then I think we'll be good. That's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Um, congrats uh, to, again, all of you, and thanks for tuning up some of your time tonight. For those who uh, are on with us live, thank you so much uh, for being with us live. Those who like, share, contribute as Patreon supporters, that is all outstanding, and um, we will uh, sign off together here tonight. So thanks, all. Good night. All right. Good night. Roman, run!